This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part. Thank you so much. Thank you. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to our Wednesday show. And we've got a lot of guests coming in the studio. So, Nico, maybe you can help me out running down uh, everybody that's going to be visiting the uh, studio. Absolutely. Uh, It's also the final week of the cash code. So we've got today, Thursday, and Friday that we're going to be giving away keywords every hour starting at 8.15 and then every hour following that at about a quarter past. Remember, take the cash code keywords. If you hear a word that you haven't entered yet, enter it on the KLAQ mobile app under Go Fund Yourself. That's right. Go Fund Yourself. And we're talking about a daily winner of $2,000 and a grand prize amount of $10,000. So that money could be yours. And all you have to do is listen for as many cash code keywords as you can every hour at about a quarter past. Enter them uh, through the KLAQ mobile app or KLAQ.com and look for Go Fund Yourself. It's just like buying an extra lottery ticket, except you don't have to buy anything. You just have to enter cash code keywords when you hear them. And we are into the final week of the spring. Go fund yourself promotion. So very excited about that. Uh, Let's talk about what we're planning in our uh, department. So, Joanna, why don't we start with entertainment news this morning? What do you have coming up on the Hollywood side of things? Well, Gotham City rejoice because the sequel to The Batman is happening. <clears throat> well, you kind of, I mean, you kind of assume that, right? I haven't seen the Batman, so did it set it up for a sequel? Well, they kind of show a guy who we assume is the Joker in one of the scenes, and then there was a longer deleted scene that they've shown, and they're definitely setting up that the Joker's going to I'm show sure it. if it did bad, they would not be, like, excited to do a sequel. If it had done it poorly. Did, it, did, it did well. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I, got, I think I'm going to watch the Batman again. To see if I like it better. Okay. Next time hmm. I watch it, so All yeah, right. maybe you will like it better. What? The Batman DC a chance. <laughs> the Batman sequel will have director Matt Reeves, Robert Pattinson, and Zoe Kravitz returning. Ah, Catwoman's coming back, huh? Yeah. And Matt Reeves is going to be directing again. Yep. Uh, since we're talking about entertainment, and since I've I've got it on my brain right now, uh, they're doing an. Uh, nationwide tour of the Encanto sing-along. Oh, yeah. And El Paso is is on the agenda. Uh, an Encanto sing-along concert tour is coming. I, there's going to be a live band on stage accompanying the movie as the movie plays in its entirety. Ooh. And uh, the tour kicks off July 18th in Ridgefield, Washington. To make 32 stops across the U.S. and in El Paso, that stop is going to be Tuesday, July 26 yeah, at the totally Plaza Theater. I was just about to ask, what are the chances that you'll be ending up in one of those seats? I totally want to. Um, <laughs> you got a date July 26 in El Paso. I know we have listeners uh, around the Texas and the Southwest, so uh, July 27th is going to be in Lubbock. July 28th, Houston. July 29th, Dallas. But uh, get ready for the live Encanto sing-along concert coming to El Paso this summer. Nico, as far as news headlines, what do you have coming up on the news today? Well, Sting is talking more about his uh, split with the police, explaining why their song, explaining why telling someone that their song isn't working is a bit like saying their girlfriend is ugly. 
this is on top of what we were talking about yesterday. I think Sting was saying being in a band is uh, is like being in a teenage in a gang, gang, and you right. can't you can't grow, and your music can't grow. It doesn't allow you to evolve. Who wants to be in a teenage gang when you're knocking 70? I mean, this is just a personal opinion. Uh, after Sting and the Police broke up, Sting evolved to a into being a, a worse solo artist than, <laughs> than than Police was a band. I thought. Um. All right. So news headlines on the way this morning. Uh, talk about our guests coming in. So yeah, we've got so many people coming in today. It's going to be a stacked lineup of people. Uh, in the seven o'clock hour, we've got Mr. Charlie Clark from Orale. exactly, and he's coming in <laughs> to promote his new movie, The Green Ghost and the Masters of the Stone, premiering today at Alamo Draft House on the East Side. I saw the trailer for that. I'm trying to figure out like how much money. Did they pump into making this movie? Because it doesn't look like they half-assed it. It looks like they no, like, not at all. You know, pretty good effects. They got some recognizable names like Danny Trejo and Robert That's Rodriguez's right. brothers directing, and and Robert and it, Rodriguez is executive producing. I think, and it looks like uh, you know, uh, I'm not saying it's going to be nominated for any awards, but it looks it looks good it though. Looks, yeah, entertaining. It looks more professional than what you would assume is like. A vanity project by a car dealer. Yeah, definitely. Um, or just like a, a way of advertising a chain of car dealerships. Um, yeah, but that'll be fun. We'll get to ask him what it was like to act with Danny Trejo, uh, what it was like to get into the spandex. Apparently Danny Trejo is coming into town for the uh, green carpet event later. He will be. He won't be in time for the show, but he will be at the premiere in the green carpet later. All right. What else is coming up? Later on, we also got the people from Carbach Brewery coming to talk about autism awareness. Right. They've got a specific event coming up, and uh, we are going to talk about that and find out all the details that they have to share. And? And finally, we have a new culinary school opening in El Paso, and three famous chefs will be here presenting some food and talking about the new culinary school. International chefs are going to be dropping That's by. Right. And this is uh, Southwest University has um, like a real, like a, well, you know, like uh, sometimes you see a show and they're doing an operation. You've got all the students gathered around like in a theater. They've got like a theater setting to learn how to cook and, mm-hmm. and meal prep and stuff at Southwest University. So they're bringing in three international famous chefs. Uh, and I guess all three of the chefs are going to be in the studio with us Ooh. in the 9 o'clock hour. Right? So that's going to be a revolving door. It's going to be a whirlwind <laughs> of people coming in and out. In the uh, Johnny Depp trial, uh, his $50 million defamation lawsuit against his ex, Amber Heard. We heard from some of the experts yesterday. Uh, One expert suggested that Amber Heard can be destructive, dramatic, erratic, and unpredictable. And another one put her in the 98th percentile of toxic relationships. Like (laughs) they said, her personality showed that she's in the top two percentile of people that really, yeah. Um, Toxic relationships. So that was yesterday in the uh, in the trial between Johnny Depp's and his ex Amber Heard. Uh, let's see what else do we have coming up on the show today. We've got Cool Canyon Nights. I just wanted to mention that that's going to be starting back up, and we're going to have a lot more details about Cool Canyon Nights, and it is going to be back at. Uh, uh, McKellagan Canyon, yeah, <laughs> Canyon Amphitheater. 
I was drawing a blank there for a second. I mean, it's usually at McKellie Canyon Amphitheater, yes. but because of heavy rains last summer that wiped out the road, they right. had to change it. But it's going to be back starting up uh, at McKellie Canyon Yay. Amphitheater. Meaning there's going to be a live concert for you that's free every Thursday. And we'll have more. Yeah, here you go. I got the details about it. Uh, the summer concert series starts May the 12th, so just a couple weeks away. Inside Majestic McKelligan Canyon Amphitheater, concerts are free to attend. Food trucks will be there. Featured beers from LNF Distributing. Cool Canyonites also brought to you by Comfort Zone. Charlie Clark Nissan. Yeah, Orale. El Paso Community College, Superior Sign and Lighting, Twin Peaks, and Johnson's Jewelers. You can see the full season lineup of dates, what bands are playing, what dates are going to be playing, and also VIP ticket information is going to be up soon at KLAQ.com. So you'll be able to go over and check that out coming up very soon. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Hey, we're having an, uh, an El Paso movie premiere. Yeah. And it's a green carpet event. We don't get a lot not of those. A, not a red carpet, but a green carpet event, and the movie is The Green Ghost. I may not be saying the title I think it, exactly I think it's right. the first uh, green carpet event that there has oh, ever been. Yeah. Because he's the green ghost. <laughs> right. <laughs> Charlie Clark of Charlie Clark Nissan uh, has made a movie with a bunch of other talented people yes, that are involved goodness. in it. Mm-hmm. So tell me, you know, like Danny Trejo's got a role in it. Robert Rodriguez's brother is attached That's correct. to it, right? And Michael, or, and uh, Edward James Olmos's son Edward, is Edward the director. Edward James Olmos's son <laughs> is what? the director. Really? Yeah. yeah. So I, uh, Charlie sells Nissans, and Charlie's been selling Nissans how long in El Paso? Now? In El Paso, Since about five years About five now. years that mm-hmm. you've been in El Paso. Which I love. I feel like I've been here my yeah. whole lifetime, well, honestly. Well, you know, the catchphrase, orale, orale, orale. everybody orale. knows orale, and mm-hmm. you see the little bumper stickers on the back of so many cars. That, well, Joanna um, wanted to ask about your grandma, Nana. Yeah, you how know, much she, of a role does she have in this? She has a huge not, role in this. I mean, I will pow-pow myself. Well, honestly... <laughs> She was the inspiration for the movie. Oh, mm-hmm. she was. So if you wa- if you when you watch the film, you'll see um, she it was inspired by her, and then beyond that, sort of inspired by my Mexican American family that I I grew up half my life like at her house, and then half of my life in the, in, in the Gringo house. You know, so I, I got to go back and forth. And um, she took me all over the place. Took me to Mexico. Took me to the park in Mexico. And um, to church and to all these different uh, quinceañeras and bodas and, you know, so I, le- cool. I learned the culture. So I have, you know, like my costume also is gringo on the outside, but I have a Mexican <laughs> side to me, too. <laughs> the, uh, the full title of the movie is Green Ghost and the Masters <clears throat> of the, the Stone. stone. Mm-hmm. And it's going to open uh, for general, the general public on Friday, but there's a special event going on this afternoon. It's a, it, like a VIP screening. It, it, and- it's, it, it's a y- yes, and it's a, I want to invite the public out because we're going to have a press conference on the green carpet. So um, you'll be able to see Danny Trejo. Um, he'll be there. Renee Victor will be there. Mm-hmm. Renee Victor is also uh, got tons of credits to her name. Mm-hmm. But interestingly, um, my nana, you've you've heard of my nana, Pao Pao. Pao, Pao. You know? mm-hmm. So she actually was the voice of the grandmother in Coco. So the grandmother with the chancla. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Joanna, did you hear what? that? Did you hear that? Oh, my God. Yeah. The chancla abuela <gasps> is That's my nana, nana in my movie. 
Yes. That's she very play, cool. And that wasn't even planned. Well, she's a way bigger star than you are, Charlie. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> oh, I mean, I'm, I'm naval lint. <laughs> I'm not a star. That's the, that's does, the cool part. Does does Nana appear or does somebody play Nana? In- somebody That's Renee Victor. So Renee Victor, who was the voice of the grandmother in Coco, yeah. plays my Nana. Oh, that's so cool. Okay. How right. cool is that? I'm getting very, very cool. Chancla Lady was my Well, pop- that's one of Joanna's favorite movies. Hell yeah. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? What's the likelihood? It wasn't planned that way at all. So she was she was hired because she was the best for the the part and she represented my nana the best in, in real life, so you know, uh, and then today, I'm sorry, uh, Andy Chang will be there also. Mm-hmm. And Andy Chang, interestingly enough, he was Jackie Chan's stunt double for twenty years. Oh wow. So there's and a lot of heavy hitters. And, and he helped us with our fight scenes in the movie. And guess what movie he just choreographed? fight scenes for uh i'm judging from the fight scenes in the trailer i would say maybe shang chi oh Ten you is that it? that's it is that no seriously absolutely yeah i noticed some of the punches I and did, some of the look at you yeah wow uh, we watch cool. the trailer a lot and it is actually very so well look, done the here's cool. what i thought i'll be honest with you i thought okay a car dealer right is making a promotional yeah. movie mm-hmm. and it's not gonna you know it's gonna it's be cheap, cheap, and, cheap but i'm looking at it it's like holy crap there everybody some what they're doing is worked on this movie. Right. And everybody says the same thing. Oh, well, yeah, you made a movie. Oh, great. It's going to be some cheesy little thing. And honestly, um, I had produced 30 shows back in the day, Green Ghost in Mexican, with no training really acting or no acting coach. And I did them all in Spanish. Oh. They came out on Mexican television. So I was used to being in front of the camera. And then when I decided to do the film, it started off, you know, just was going to be super low budget and just get out of my system and use local actors and all that. Well, then when I met Robert Rodriguez's brother, uh, I was like, wow, I've always wanted to meet Robert Rodriguez. I went to the premiere of Machete. Right. I met him. Uh, and then uh, I, I, uh, th- that's when he called up Michael Olmos, Edward James Olmos' uh, son, to direct. And having those two deeply rooted Latino heavy hitters mm. in the, with a Latino background, a heritage, um, you know, were able to attract the attention of like Danny Trejo, obviously. So right. that was the first one we got. And when we got Danny Trejo, then all the other actors were like, okay, well, this is something real. And mm-hmm. why? But then they were like, well, why would we act up? Who is this Charlie guy? And they basically had to explain what I do. And I do, I did do a lot of my own shows and funny stuff on the border. Mm-hmm. Nothing, I had never been an actual feature film. Uh, so, but. He is uh, invested in this and doing this for real. This is not something he's just messing around right. with. So I hired Aaron Spicer, and Aaron Spicer was the acting coach who'd worked with Gerard Butler, worked with oh, Virginia wow. Madsen, and uh, mainly with Will Smith. So he was on set with me, and he said he will be on set with Charlie by his side the whole time. So he's taking this seriously. And then I also trained for the physical side of it. Uh, I did a lot of my fights. Uh, we've got a comment you on look this. Like, at least. You look like you're Jack. You are Charlie. Jack, sir. <laughs> you look like you're Yoke. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I've been an athlete my whole life. I was a swimmer from eight until twenty-two. I swam for TCU. I walked on and 
earned some scholarship money, and um, then I took up judo and jiu-jitsu after that. You look uh, like a bodybuilder who decided to sell cars, not a car salesman <laughs> who decided to Well, did you intensely get into working out for the movie on top oh, of everything Oh, yeah. Else? Well, I'd always been an athlete, so... Um, you were a horny frog, huh? Yeah, yes, I was a horny frog. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So um, when it came to doing the film, I was training four or five hours a day. Um, and eating right and eating clean. And, um, yeah, it was... Well, that green spandex is tight, is it not? (laughs) It is tight and very uncomfortable. Let me play just a little bit of the trailer. So so I wrote a review of the trailer. You know, the long and the short of it was, I'm surprised at how non-amateurish this looks. How good it looks. And, well, let me play a little bit of the trailer for you. I've, I've seen that guy in okay, a hundred things. I definitely have. have seen that guy in a bunch of stuff. Yes. Undisputed for undisputed movies, all the the karate movies. Yeah. Now, guess what? He's he, a UA... You, you, no, like no, no. A, he's an action star from Chile, and he's the one, when I was having issues getting the cut straight, <laughs> he's the one who's like, Charlie, trust me, let's move your movie out of Hollywood right now. It was in Hollywood, mm-hmm. and we couldn't. they weren't getting it right. Right. So I fired that crew. Okay, and I moved it to Chile. Said trust in my people down there, and these guys did a wonderful job on special effects. And then on the cut, we had actually Robert Rodriguez's sister help us get the cut straight because she's a great storytelling editor. I mean, she's like Rain Man when it comes to telling a story. So we were, it was not looking like I wanted it to, and Mm. so sure enough, she came in. She had worked on Sin City too. She did that whole that she edited that movie. Yeah, so. she and many other things. So she helped us get there. And then another editor down in Chile, uh, Ernesto Diaz, who edits all of his movies, um, she uh, he, he added his touches to it. And then when we really wanted to get the movie right, we hired, uh, I said, I need a trailer cutting company. That's, you know, to, to, to really cut me a trailer. And, mm-hmm. and they were like, are we working on the same film? I was like, you see, it's there. We have to find that tone. We have to find, you know, so I kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And, and the trailer really helped us get the movie straight and get it really. Let me play a little great. bit more of the trailer because we haven't seen Charlie uh, yeah. in it yet. But also, <laughs> look at that. Those are the, those, those are great fun, fight those scenes. Those are great fight scenes. No, no. You know? That's not, it, it's not even like, well, that would be a great fight scene on a on a network television show no that's like cinema level you know action stuff so also the cgi everything looks really well, see, good that's what i'm telling you if i were to, if i had to do that cgi in hollywood forget it this would have gone i wouldn't have had the money to do it right right but because i had these professionals that were really great at what they did down in chile they were called poston and um it, without them, I mean, we kept, I was like, well, can we make it look even bigger? Can we make it look even bigger? And it was like we kept pushing the limits of, of what the film initially was and attracted this talent to it, which gave it credit. Now it gave it credibility. And then we invested in the, so we invested in the camera equipment going back to the filming. They're like, Charlie, we can get a, a lens that we can put on this red cam that will make it look like, it's the same lens they used in Transformers. And I was like, what really? And I said, and if you want it to go to the big screen, otherwise, if you use the the cheap one, you're you're going straight to DVD or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you want to try to get this on the big screen, you got to go with a bigger the bigger camera, you know, more expensive and fancy camera equipment. And then we got a great cinematographer, a great lighting guy. So then, as you see, you look at it right away. You're like, wait a minute, that's not, you know, it's not cheap. one of, one it does of the not thi- look cheap. One of know. the things that I've noticed in a project like this, where they have a non professional surrounded 
you know, you're the non-professional. I'm the non-professional, yes. The non-professional sticks out, but you don't. I mean, I don't know if it's because you're comfortable behind the screen. But well, you're, I you're, was comfortable. That's what I was telling you. I was already comfortable behind the screen, but I was intimidated on the first day. I can tell you when I went in, the first day they had me do six lines with Danny Trejo with 75 crew around. Action. I'm like, yeah. you know, I choked a little bit. Then my acting coach said, hey, we already, do you not know your lines? We worked on this last night. We've been working on this for ages. What's wrong with you? Get back to this Danny Tucker. He's not going to bite. He's right. a great guy, nice guy. Get over there and live in the moment. What's happening in this scene again? He got me back out of my I guess, head. I guess what I would say, Charlie, is you seem very much at home on a big screen and, like and that. And because yeah. I did have Aaron by my side, he got me, he, he was guiding me. You know, it, it kept me from freaking out and, you know, just sort of getting stuck in my own head, you know? <laughs> Green Ghost and the Masters of the Stone. So for the, there's going to be a press conference. There's going to be a green carpet. Yeah, I want to invite everybody show. out there outside uh, at Pelicano, the the Alamo, Alamo Draft, Draft House. House at Pelicano. Uh, there's going to be a step and repeat uh, where they're going to do the green carpet and answer questions. Press will be there with Danny Trejo, with Andy Chang, with uh, and with Renee Victor. Myself. But the public can show up. Yeah, too. show up and. And and, and 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 take pictures and and see them, you know. Absolutely, uh, yeah. You know, it's wonderful. Just show up. Then on Friday, the Green Ghost and Masters of the Stone opens it, in El Paso Bassett uh, Center, Alamo yep. Draft House, and uh, uh, AMC Theater uh, yeah. sixteen, I think, in the Northeast. That's correct. So both Alamo Draft Houses and AMC. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, you'll get to see Danny Trejo up close today. You'll yep. get to see Charlie Clark up close. Well, yeah, <laughs> you can you know ask him about a good deal on a now, that's on a true. New Nissan, I, I suppose you can pull me away. You sure. can pull me away right. for that. That's do for you sure. use any of your Nissans in the movie? What's funny is is that yes, I do. Um, but because it was a few years back, it, it happened to land like when all the new models <laughs> come out. <laughs> so I was like. Damn it! Hey, uh, but I so, can. I'm, I'm now. I'm advertising certified. <laughs> certified. Charlie, one thing that I'm always uh, really fascinated by is that when you go to McAllen or you go to the Rio Grande Valley, it's in some ways so much like El Paso, right? But in some ways so different. It's so different. I'm going to tell you <laughs> because the, there's an the, ocean. Can you the, imagine? It's if green. Yeah. It's yeah. green. There's an ocean, and, and 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 the culture and the people are very much alike. Um, well, that's what I think and, it is when you sit down and start talking to people and you're inside a cantina or yeah, inside a it's restaurant. Just, it's just like it's, being it's in El Paso. It's just like being in El Paso. However, what I really love about this place is that it, I feel this history here that's like downtown and the, the Plaza Hotel, the Plaza Theater. I mean, there's a couple of places in the valley like that, but in general, you just got, you know, uh, franchises of. Like uh, sprawl. Yeah. Would you say? Well, because you have one little you know what I mean? Edinburgh here, and you have like yeah, a city yeah. Right it's next it's, to it's each like other. spread out all over, and yeah. here it feels like you know you've got so many cool places <laughs> to go. I love my t- I love my town. I love my people. That's that's not the issue. It's just you've got some franchise re- restaurants to go to and stuff like that. But it, this place just has a certain feel to it. It's got a spirit. Can I ask you a question? I've always wondered about the valley and why they do this. You have a place called Taco Palenque. Yes, and they were one of my sponsors when I first did Green Ghost in Mexican. Oh, very cool. Well, Taco Palenque, I, I ordered tacos and they gave me a burrito. And I was like, well, can I have a, 
taco here? No, no, in 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 the valley. I guess all tacos are the same there. The, yes, but that's right. <laughs> what? Well, it should have been a burrito. Well, what if you, if you a, ordered a burrito? Yeah, what would give they, you, it would be. They wouldn't have it. It'd no, just be here a, taco. a burrito is like a taco. That, that that's the thing. Burritos here are like like tacos. What, Joanna, what 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 are you making? See, of this, Joanna, what's happening <laughs> in the valley? Tacos and burritos are the same thing. I feel like. Well, I, I Taco Blanky. Every time I've ordered tacos there, they come out as tacos. So like I, I, is like because they but, use oh, like a flour I know what you're talking tortilla? about. Like they have, a, they have a certain uh, they have a certain, they're rolled almost. Right. There's <gasps> there's one that's a rolled a rolled taco. Yeah. I know what that is. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so I was always confused. Uh, I thought okay, this might be an El Paso thing. This is just different. I don't know. Well, we'll just have to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, movie opens on Friday, and you can see it. You could also go out and really, you know, get a chance to see Danny Trejo up close, see Charlie He's almost as good at puns as you are, Buzz. <laughs> well, you know, I... I've made it a mission in my life, so <laughs> we talk about I was fa- it. I was, fa- yeah. I was famous for a pun in college in my fraternity. Uh, I'll tell you real quick. I, yeah. they, they had us at Hell Week on our knees, and one guy was eating a sandwich and pouring salt on his bites, and every bite he'd pour some salt on my head. And I said, I'm going to report you to the college, dude. He goes, what did you say to me, Clark? You, I said, Yeah. I'm under assault. <laughs> uh, well, Charlie, thanks for dropping by. You probably have a real busy day. You probably got to get to the gym, so you're all swole for the premiere yeah, later. Funny. You taking a day off of uh, working out because you're so busy today? Um, I think I'm going to try to get it in before we go. <laughs> before we go to the premiere, I want to tell you real quick. I know you don't have much time, but I want to tell you, I did go train. If you all saw the movie Ip Man, yeah, okay. Ip Man was about Bruce, Bruce Lee's, Lee's uh, master, master trainer in uh, Wing Chun. Wing Chun. Yeah. Oh, no. I and didn't. The, the, movie, the movie's unreal. So I when I saw that, I said, I got to train with the same guys who choreographed that movie. And I did go train with them in England uh, for a month from 10 in the afternoon till 5. What? Yes. With the guy who trained with Ip Man's son. His name is Leo Young, and he was one of the choreographers for Ip Man the movie. So I wow. really, believe me, I took this seriously. It was I trained Wing Chun, I trained Muay Thai, and I trained Taekwondo. So. Well, I think you can see the results in the movie. Thank you. Yeah, My stunt man did do some of the stuff when I just the assistant director was like, "Charlie, if you can't get it right, I'm taking you out." And he was standing there with my costume on, looking at me. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, get it right, dude, or I'm out. Uh, tonight, though, uh, the premiere of the green carpet. Uh, Six you know, p.m. You could be standing as close as two or three feet away from Danny Trejo. That's right. Probably. That's right. Say hi to That's him. That's right. Absolutely. I will know. he sign machetes? I, will he sign actual machetes? Yeah, I'm not sure that you, that would be a thing, but. Yeah, you know, if you could get it close enough to him, I, I bet, and you had a Sharpie, I bet you, I bet you Danny would be happy. To with, a, with the right intent? Yeah. <laughs> Don't run up to him all excited with your machete. Hey, would you yeah. sign it? <laughs> all right, Charlie Clark. Thanks, Charlie. Nice hey, to meet you after all these nice years. Nice to meet you, too. Yeah, Thank you all for having me. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We've got more of the Buzz Adams Morning Show on the way right after this. Orale. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. This hour of the Buzz Adams Morning Show is brought to you by Pumping Ink Tattoos. That's Pumping Ink Tattoos. Quarter of Dyer and Monroe, just moments from base. Find mm-hmm. them on social media or PumpingInkTattoo.com. That's PumpingInkTattoo.com. I think on one of the after buzzes, we even discuss what tattoos we would get if we were to ever get tattoos. What did I say? You said nothing. You were like, I no, will never get a tattoo. You don't ever I, want a you tattoo? Know, if, sure, I definitely appreciate how cool they look, and if I was willing to make that long a commitment. Right. You were saying that like, you change your mind so much, it'd be like... I you, think like the thing that would come in handy <laughs> like on maybe 
on the on the back of my elbow my password for town square media so i'd have to change it every six weeks right so i could eventually i'd have a full sleeve of just passwords that had been marked out and replaced with new passwords you're gonna be like the guy in memento (laughs) right every time i wake up i look in the mirror and it's like my biography but instead of just his history for all of his like don't trust teddy (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny what better place to harness the power of the sun than the one and only Sun City? And if you open your energy bills and you think to yourself, What? It's time to go solar with Sun. What? what? Sun Watt Energy sells powers, uh, sells solar panels and installs them. Make sure that your home runs on the abundant energy provided. SunWatt Solar provides homeowners with monitoring tools and guides. They can even go in and service panels that might have been installed by a different company and you don't like the job that they're doing, you can always trust SunWatt because they're El Paso's local experts. Renewable energy. All you have to do is harness it. The sun is out almost every day in El Paso. Call SunWatt Energy at 915-300-0411. So once again, after the 915 area code, it's 300-0411 or visit wattinner.com. That's W-A-T-T-E-N- er.com don't go what go solar with sun what today (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna get to the mo show calendar and daily almanac of events we're uh gonna talk about uh some uh awareness raising and possible fundraising for autism awareness and carbach brewery so that's coming up uh, later this morning. And Southwest University's got a super uh, state-of-the-art, high-tech culinary, culinary school. school uh, and they brought in some world-famous chefs from all around the world. Have you ever seen by. Iron Chef? Uh, I, think I, saw, I think I saw the one, the Iron Chef. The Japanese version. Japanese, right. That's the one that I've that's seen. That's what before. I imagine their school to look like. You know, I was, I was looking at some concept art and... What it made me think of was, you ever seen when there's a room full of medical students and they're watching an operation and right. there's like a little... the, the Like a stand. The seating. Stand, the seating. And they got that, except they've got all these prep areas for food and, you know... Very cool. They, they, yeah. It looks like, like I say, real state-of-the-art, so... Oh, also, Carbach, uh, that was the beer that you got me yesterday. I don't know if you knew that or not. That, that, the, from the same place. Joanna, a buzz came over yesterday, by the way. Oh, honey. And he uh, hung out for a few hours. Actually, Aww, just like old he, times. Nico's yep. like, can you pick me up? And I'm like, I know, some kind of IPA. And I was like, thank you. And I got <laughs> Carbach Rodeo Clown. Rodeo Clown double IPA. He didn't know it was like the strongest IPA he could get. Was it good? Uh, on the it first really swallow, I, I was like, oh, okay, this uh, tastes like he cough syrup. spit it out. No, I didn't <gasps> spit it out, but it was... <laughs> it was... <laughs> It was strong. It Let's was extra IPA. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. I finished it up. I mean, it was you just did. like I had to adjust to it. I guess. Did you dip a hot dog in it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Although there's a day game for the Chihuahuas today, and I was trying to was trying to get me to go to it. Well, the guy that I was counting on for tickets kind of backed out. But Steve. I was, no, not oh, Steve. Steve. Brad. <laughs> Brad, Brad uh, backed out. Well, he'd already given them away. So, Aww. you know, we carry the Chihuahuas games on 600 ESPN, our partner station. That's right. 
and thought we'd have tickets, but these day games are hot. Hot, Commodity, hot, hot. hot tickets. But I was thinking of going and uh, trying to dip a hot dog into a beer just to see if it's all it's cracked up to be. Um, let's get a, before we go to the Mo Show calendar, let's get a look at what's on TV. Episode 5 of Moon Knight. On Disney Plus. Uh, what are you going to do? Are, are you are you just done with it? Or At are you gonna... the very end of last week's episode, I don't think this spoils anything. Uh, a hi- a hippo lady showed up. Okay, a hippo lady, and that was at the very end of the ep- a hippo, like a, she's like a female hippo, or yeah, a woman that's an part anthropomat- hippo, like a walking upright talking hippo, hippo lady who goes, oh hi, to the Moon Knights. Because there's two of them now. To the Moon Knights? Yeah, there's two Moon Knights. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah, I don't watch it. I don't watch it. <laughs> so what are you Although saying to I me? I was talking to Lisa yesterday, and she's like, yeah, I'm just not going to watch that. Does it make you want to finish it with now with the hippo lady? <laughs> like, okay, I got to finish that. Oh, my art. God. The hippo lady looks like something out of, like, The Masked Singer. Oh, come on. I'm looking up the hippo lady. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm four episodes in and what are there like three more to go I, I guess I should stick with it uh, but that is episode uh, five of Moon Knight it's streaming already today on Disney Plus over on Netflix a series premiere of a game show that I can't say the full name uh, on but they can on Netflix Bull the game show <laughs> what okay. is the what, is there a game that everybody knows called Bull what, I could have uh, sworn there was I've a drinking heard, yeah. game. Right. And there's cards involved, I think? In the in the version that I'm referring to that I've heard of. So in this one, it says, uh-huh. reality competition where contestants are encouraged to lie their way through trivia rounds if they don't know the answer. It's oh, hosted cool. by Howie Mandel. I, and I don't that. really remember well enough how you played bulls- uh, yeah. when, you know, like you were college age and you'd play drinking games. Or Nico. Currently, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's a card game. Apparently, it's also called Cheat, where the players try to game get rid of all their cards. And then you have to say, oh, no, BS, because I know you don't have that next card. And they're and Yeah, with cards being placed face down. down. And you're kind of like, two of hearts. I feel like I've played this game, but I did. Like, I wasn't. BS. I wasn't very good, so I ended up, you know, pretty drunk, and then don't remember how to play the game. You're not a good liar. I, I, yeah, maybe not. Maybe I have a tell. <laughs> Here's something you might be interested in, animation fans on Disney Plus. Uh, there's a new documentary series called Sketchbook, where you can learn to draw different Disney characters oh. in each episode. So the That's episode cool. teaches you how. We okay, should all is, try to watch it. And try, and then try and draw, draw the same character. Yeah. <laughs> All right, today's lesson is Jafar. <laughs> <laughs> HBO's got a new uh, show. Um, let me see if I is, is it a yeah? It looks like it's a movie, not a series. The Survivor. They're finally HBO. making a movie out of Survivor. No, the Survivor. Ben Foster stars in the true story of Harry Haft, a guy who becomes a professional boxer in the hopes of reuniting with the love of his life after surviving Auschwitz and being forced to fight other prisoners. Wow, there's a lot there. In addition to Ben Foster, uh, Danny DeVito and John Leguizamo are also in it. 
Speaking of The Masked Singer, that's back tonight on Fox at 7 o'clock. Tonight's schedule also includes The Flash and Survivor at 7, Kung Fu and Beyond the Edge at 8, Good Sam and A Million Little Things tonight at 9. Let's take a look at our Mosho calendar and daily almanac of events and find out what kind of interesting things are happening today, April the 27th. Today is Denim Day. Uh, or Canadian Tuxedo Day. Ah, uh, yeah. You think jorts are about to come back in style? When did they leave? Jean shorts. <laughs> Today is International Guide Dogs Day. Today is Morse Code Day. Cool. Today is National Prime Rib Day. Yum. Better. Walk at Lunch Day. <laughs> when would you say is our lunch? Right now. Right, because I'm getting kind of hungry. Right. You, you're hungry for lunch now? Well, it's 8 o'clock. I already started yeah. my day. Um, yeah, close to lunch. Our schedule's a little weird. Dinner's like at noon. <laughs> I don't know what you're thinking. Right. Birthdays today include Lizzo, who is 34. Uh, yeah. I definitely get the appeal of Lizzo. I saw her uh, when she hosted and was the musical guest simultaneously on Saturday Night Live, and she's, you know, a really likable mm-hmm. person. She seems like she has really positive energy around her. And. She'll whip that flute out and go to town oh, on yeah. it in the middle of the song, man. So Lizzo is 34 today. Patrick Stump is 38. He is the lead singer and guitarist of Fall Out Boy. Usually that's the front man, but I feel like the uh, the other dude. Pete is Wentz. The, Pete Wentz. Yeah. What does Pete play? Is he the bassist or I the drummer? He's a bassist. Yeah. So for some reason, if you're the lead singer and the lead guitarist, that means usually you're the front you're man. You're the lead. Yeah. But I... I don't know if that's the case with Fallout. Has blood. a drummer ever been the front man? Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Uh, Cowboy Mouth is a band where the drummer's the lead singer. And I've seen a few others. That's cool. Is it Phil Collins? Fi- yeah, oh. when Phil Collins took over as lead singer for the for Genesis, Genesis he, was, he was drumming and lead singing. Although I think at some point he they got another drummer. And Phil Collins. But yeah, it's not, uh, it's un- it's not common, but it's not unheard of either. Travis Meeks, lead singer of Days of the New, is 43. And Oscar-nominated actor Sally Hawkins is 46. She's been in a bunch of stuff, including the Paddington movies. She was nominated for The Shape of Water. Oh, where yeah. she got it on with Fishman. She totally did it with that Fishman. Big hit maker in the 80s uh, and one of the Prince-adjacent artists of the 80s, Sheena Easton, is 63 today. From KISS, Ace Freely is 71. Rock and Roll Hall of Famer inducted in 2014 with KISS. Happy birthday, Ace Freely, who I guess is on the outs with Paul and Gene. Kate Pearson of the B-52s having a birthday today. She's 74. Rock Lobster and Love Shack, baby. Are their biggest hits. With the, the Beehive thing? Kate had the beehive. Yeah. And then the dude was the one who'd go, Love Shack, baby! (laughs) 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 
In the love shack. shack is a little old place where we can get, get together. together. What the hell? So happy you birthday, Cat Pearson. Love Shack. Love, love Shack. All right. Is that that? Yes. What's, <laughs> the, what's the kind of car he drives in that song that's as big as a whale? I got a... I got a... Damn it. Like a Chevy or a Pontiac? It's a... God... I haven't heard Love Shack, obviously, in probably right. 20 years. I got years. me a Chrysler. It's this big. About... No, wait. Wait, no. I got me a Chrysler. No, I got me a car. It's as <laughs> big, big as, as a whale. whale. And, and we're heading on down to the Love, love shack. shack. I got me a Chrysler. It's about 20. So hurry up. Speaking of B-52s, you guys are bombing. <laughs> <laughs> Today is also... Administrative Professionals Day or Secretary's Day. AKA. There's some confusion here because I thought they had like Executive Assistance Week last week or Executive Professionals, but this they're saying is the actual Secretary's Day. Although it's undergone a change over the past 35 years where it's okay, we don't say Secretary anymore, we say Administrative Professionals. But just so you know, it's it's Secretary. It's what used to be called Secretary's Day. Back in the Mad Men days. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. They're having a special uh, around town at certain bars with Carbach Brewery for Autism Awareness. We're going to find out more about that coming mm-hmm. up top of the hour. And we're about 30 minutes away from our first cash code keyword of the day. And this is the final week for you to go fund yourself. Go fund yourself. Every time you hear a new cash code keyword, enter it. It's an extra entry, and that means a better chance for you to get in on some of this cash. We've got daily winners of $2,000, and we got a grand prize of $10,000. All you have to do is listen for cash code keywords. We're going to have the first one in about 30 minutes, and then every hour through the 5 p.m. hour, there's going to be a new cash code keyword. Go to the KLAQ mobile app under GoFundYourself got a little money bag icon on it and enter the keyword and then we randomly draw so the more keywords you got in the better your chance that we'll randomly draw your name the uh, el paso times today uh says that the montecio smart growth community is uh getting another 80 million dollar extension that is really cool area it makes me wish there was something like that when i was you know, when I first got to El Paso, got to El Paso, I lived in apartments for a few years, mm-hmm. and I, I lived in some nice, what were considered nice apartments back then. But this is like a whole community where you could walk to a gym, you could walk to a dozen or so bars and restaurants. You wouldn't you know, have the, a lot more friends by now. Yeah, you're right. I might have like two <laughs> at this point. But the uh, they call it a smart growth community, and it looks like they're continuing to add on. The one thing, I, I don't know if they're ever going to do it, but is there any plan where you could get to, like, Top Golf and there are restaurants that you could see from I-10, but you can't get from them to them directly from I-10? Like, you've got to exit and then Not go through a neighborhood. Yeah, I think they will be adding an exit that will get to that area eventually. Right, because there's so much stuff going in there. Right, because now you have it to either nice get off they executive. Had where you get off executive and you go, go up Mason, but at some point you're kind of, like, driving through neighborhoods to get to yes. all the stuff. And I think it would be a really good idea if they had yeah, some kind absolutely. of access road uh, that's over. And 
in the Northeast, if you haven't driven out by Painted Dunes uh, Golf Course, they've got a huge project going on. Paul Foster's uh, involved in that one. And that's going to be like a smart growth type of situation. They're going to have apartments. They're also going to have homes ranging from starter homes to, you know, really, really pricey mansions, right. basically, and parks and green spaces and all kinds of retail and shopping and dining. Uh, just judging by the size of the project so far, that that's going to end up being really huge out there in the far northeast side of town. Let me uh, go to the neckline. Uh, neckline is a number that we have available for you 24 hours a day. So if a thought occurs to you or you want to communicate a message to the morning show, one of the ways you can do it, leave a message for us on the toll-free neckline. That number is 844-805-NECK. 844-805-6325 is the number to leave a message for the morning show. What's up, Mo Show? It's ODG. Hey, Joanna, I liked your article on the specialty pizzas. Oh. I try to click on all y'all's articles, all three of y'all, once a day, and give to give y'all the views. I really just read the headlines, though, but I read the whole article on the specialty pizzas. Sweet. My favorite was the uh, caveman pizza. We just have the regular pizzas over here in Odessa. You know, Domino's pizza. Mm, Domino's chicken bacon ranch is pretty good. I think that's specialty. <laughs> Okie dokie. All right, there's Okie Dokie nice. Guy from Odessa. Nice, He's yeah. giving us clicks, good. Yeah. By the we way, so nice. if anybody really wants to do so us a solid, I don't ask for a lot of help. If you want to go over there, just click on our articles. Don't have to read them, okay? Just click just on them. Just click on them and scroll, scroll to, the bottom. to the bottom. I'm not asking you to read them. Just yeah, click on them read. and scroll. Scroll, but if you happen to pass by my Mexican pizza one, Scroll through it. I've got some very yummy pictures on there. Wait, yeah. So tell us about your specialty pizzas. Well, tell us about the caveman pizza. The caveman. So yeah. Let me guess what that is. Okay. Uh, roots, berries, and small insects. <laughs> that seems like what caveman would probably. The caveman pizza is available at Sun City Slice, and it has a large regular crust, marinara sauce, mozzarella, pepperoni, ham, bacon, beef, sausage salami, chicken, and most importantly, chorizo. Oh my God, that's a lot of meat. Caveman. That's all the meats. <laughs> it's all the meats. All right. What else do you have? So it all has to do because Taco Bell announced that they're going to be bringing back the Mexican oh, yeah. pizza. But I thought El Paso has their own Mexican pizzas, and these are actual pizzas, but Mexican style. So Speedy's has a few Mexican-style pizzas. They have an Al Pastor pizza, a La Llorona pizza that's just full of chile. It'll make you cry. It'll make you cry. Like La Llorona. Wait, where's that pizza at? A Speedy's. Mm. Our good friend Chef Rulis from Rulis International Kitchen also has an Al Pastor pizza. He has a Mexican pizza that has refried beans and cheese topped with tomatoes, onion, jalapenos, sirloin steak, toriado, and it's topped with avocado. Mmm. Really so there's a lot of really good ones. Sun City Slice also has a chile relleno pizza. Can you believe we've never thought to put chile Yeah, why hasn't anybody before? decided to put chile relleno? I mean, it's already cheese in there. Right. Delicious. But you can check out all the other specialty pizzas. Here's one I'd be interested in trying. Mm-hmm. Shark fin pizza. Oh Joanna, my God, could I have shark fin pizza? You cannot. Finning is illegal in the state of Texas. Yeah, this you is, don't fin people. This no. is... This is another Joanna article. 
at klaq.com, and I guess there was a huge bust. There was. Of shark fins. There was. So tell me about that. The Texas Game Wardens in San Antonio found nearly 400 frozen shark fins. There was 381 whole shark fins found, and then an additional 29.2 pounds of frozen shark fins inside one of the seafood restaurant's commercial freezers. They're not saying what restaurant it was, but they did seize all the shark fins as evidence, and there is an investigation going. But finning is illegal in the state of Texas. Can you get, okay, can you legally get a shark fin? I think soup is something shark that I've heard of. Shark fin soup. soup, I've heard of. Right. So, how, how weird I've always wanted legally? to try it. Uh, so, the states of Arizona, Utah, Colorado, Oklahoma, Kansas, and several others perfectly legal and some of those states are serving shark fin soup in restaurants <laughs> those are all landlocked states i know right how are you getting these how are they getting shark fins shark fin soup near me <laughs> but I mean, in texas it's ill- point, is it illegal to serve them yes in it's a illegal restaurant to have the fins serve them anything that has to do with shark fins I've had shark steak before. You have? Yeah. What tastes like? Rubbery. Not good. Like a fish, but kind of rubbery. And it was just like at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. You know, this has been a long time ago. And it was like, hey, let's eat some shark. But it was not great. You're much better off going with salmon (laughs) or something. Oh. Sharks are friends, not food. Are they friends? Because I've seen some movies that argue the opposite look every year for shark week we all find out how important sharks are to the Mm -hmm. ocean's ecosystem don't eat shark fin soup but like don't you want to try it once in your life i kind of kind of right i kind of want to there's a weird food and i know we've talked about it before but i just can't get my head around it i think i'd have to see it okay there's a thing called bird's nest (gasps) soup yes what the I'm just imagining. Somebody has messaged us in the app chat saying that they've tried it, and they're like, it's really good, but it looks like literal spit. Yeah, they use bird's nest dissolved in water. And then when I see a soup. nest, it's a bunch of up? sticks and twigs that fall, <laughs> right? you know, that you either see in the tree or it's fallen out of the tree. It doesn't look like anything Ugh. you want to eat. What is a picture of a bird's nest A delicacy in Chinese cuisine. When dissolved in water, the bird's nests have a favored gelatinous texture utilized in soup or sweet Uh, soup. But it only is, they actually use a bird's nest, but only from a specific type of bird, the swiftlet. Using solidified saliva. Hardened saliva buzz. That's how the bird makes the nest. And then they put that in water. Is there... Is there a homelessness problem for this species of birds, I wonder? <laughs> They're just taking their everybody's homes. just taking their nest and making <laughs> soup out of it. Now i got to spit me up another home. <laughs> Thanks a like, lot. Like, that's one food item that I've just never been able to grasp. Like, what, you, okay, so do you take a bird's nest and you just put it in a bowl with soup? Twigs? <laughs> <laughs> I, I figure there's also at least some bird poop in a bird's nest. You're eating bird poop and saliva. And spit. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what it sounds like. Uh, let's see. How's it going with the mask on airlines? Are some of the airlines 
still requiring you to wear a mask? Or do you think every... I, I thought the thing was when the judge's mandate came down like a week ago Monday, some people were on the flights and they made the announcement and they just took their masks off. Mm-hmm. Some people are still going to... We talked to uh, the comedian Flip Schultz who was here who said, I'm going to keep wearing a mask because I don't want... You know, you're in, in an enclosed cylinder for three hours. Um... I think the most of the airlines just defaulted to okay. We're not gonna we're not gonna make you wear a mask until we hear more about this. Yes, <clears throat> uh, but I'm just reading that United Airlines CEO said that for passengers uh, that are uncomfortable flying right now, like parents with young children or uh, the elderly, uh, people that aren't eligible uh, for a COVID nineteen vaccine, they can get a credit or refund. On any of well, I'd heard some people say, what if you booked a flight? But when you booked it, you believed everybody was going to wear a mask on the flight. And now that that's not the case, you don't want to travel. You know, say you, uh, you know, are traveling with a young child or an elderly parent. And you just don't want to do it. And there are some people who are saying that, well, the airlines ought to, all of the airlines ought to have to reimburse mm-hmm. uh, if you don't want to fly. No, it's not a rule right now. But it's it seems not a rule, like- but... What's the airline that said that they will accept that? United Airlines. All right, so United is uh, offering refunds if you're not feeling like flying without a mask on. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. This, this works out really well because Nico asked me to stop. He said, get a get a good IPA for me. Come over and have a beer. And I guess which brand I picked. Guess, guess which brand I picked. Carbock. No. No, of course I did. Yeah, I got Carbot. I got Rodeo Clown. That's a pretty strong uh, beer, right, Jason? That is. That's a, that's a really good one. One of our original beers. All right. Uh, Jason Riley is here. He's ref for Carbot. Uh, and Celeste Carrillo from Union, yes. a draft house. So, uh, Celeste, why don't you tell us what's going on? We're uh, tying in with Carbot, and part of the proceeds from Carbot sold at Union Draft House are going to go to benefit Autism Awareness Month. Yes, already. Yeah, so basically what we're going to be doing, the well, what we did the entire month of April is uh, $1 of every um, pint of Carbock beer that was sold is going to the Autism Society of El Paso. Um, this is a cause that was really important to us because I feel, well, I, have, I personally have around um, three cousins that have this um, disability. And, you know, I've just noticed it that, it's just grown so much in our community, and I reached out to them, and they actually had told me that after COVID, they really, um, they really lost a lot of awareness and advocacy in our community. So that you know, this is something that would definitely help them out and everything like that. So we're really honored to be here and a part of it, and um, it's been so far really great. We've been having a lot of events. Yesterday we had a. Uh, get fit for autism and we had one of our local cycle bars come to union draft house canyons and they put all their uh all their cycling gear there and we were we were cycling all night long wait are, are you saying cycling yeah like, like you're riding a bike and drinking a beer oh well, after, cool. after we did yeah <laughs> after we did <laughs> what, to support the cause but what, yeah what is a cycling event like you go out and you ride a bike yeah it, it was they were called a uh, cycle bar wait wait but i think what, cycle I think bar we, we we have to explain the concept of a cycling and what cycling I, is i'll to tell us. you what i'm picturing stationary bikes <laughs> yes with, with cup holder 
and yes. beer. Is that what it is? No, no, no. They don't have <laughs> cup holders. Cycling is just for you to work out. And then they have like an instructor yeah. and they'll be like, get ready now. We're Wait, going up a hill. In a bar? N- no. In the patio. In, in the, the patio. patio. Yeah, on the patio. And it was crazy because I was- On stationary like, bikes? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Well, you're saying that the business is called Cycle Bar, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the business's oh, yeah. name is called Cycle Bar. It's a cycling. Uh, it's not a bar for cycling. It's not an alcohol no, bar. No, 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 no. no, no. Oh, no. It's, all right. It's just there you branding. go. I thought it was called a cycle bar where every bar stool was also a stationary bike or a Peloton situation. <laughs> no. And you just got in there and it's like, oh, man, this is a good workout. I could sure, could sure go for a beer. <laughs> you dummy. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, but it was really fun. It and the really dollar fun. per pint is going on through through the rest of the month. Yes, okay. until Saturday. Yes. And uh, Carbach is matching up to five hundred dollars. Oh well. Union Draft House is featuring Carbach beer during the month of April as part of Autism Awareness Month. Let's talk to Jason Riley now from Carbach. And uh, on your end of it, are you part of the brewing process? Are you in deep on that part, or you rep the beer, or what's what's your job? Uh, yeah, I'm actually the sales rep for all of uh, West Texas, going from uh, Alpine Marf all the way out here to El Paso, and then uh, all of New Mexico as well. Where oh, is cool. Carbach based out of? We are based out of Houston, Texas. All right, and give me a little history of Carbach. It seems like I've been seeing Carbach for quite a good mm-hmm. long while now. There's, there is a good reason for that. We actually are the second largest craft brewery in the state of Texas. Um, we started in 2011 when we were founded. In 2013, we were the fastest growing craft brewery in the nation. Um, and now we've grown to be second largest in Texas and we have like a, a really good regional footprint here. Do you guys also do Hopadillo? Is that you? We do. That is our number one IPA and actually the number one IPA in Texas for seven years. Hopadillo. That probably, was almost the one I got. You should have. Because Hopadillo... And then I saw Rodeo, rodeo clown, clown, and I oh, thought, that well, that sounds, sounds like fun. that sounds fun. I'm going to get a Rodeo so Clown. He brings, hey, they're good. He, he hates IPAs. He, oh, like, I oh, don't. I don't. The second he tasted it, he was like, mm, it's like too bitter. Yeah, but by the fourth or fifth drink, you're not thinking about yeah, the, the bitter. Well, I, I am surprised you went the, the, the other way. Usually people go Hopadillo and then Rodeo Clown. You just straight hop right to, to Rodeo Clown. Rodeo clown. So I, it's a, that's that. a double it's IPA. I think yeah. I was just attracted like by the colors were blue and red, I think. I'm not... I'm not in-depth it was delicious guy. though yeah, yes it was yes. very good very tasty so what what is an ipa an india mean? pale ale yes yeah okay well, what does that mean you know i i don't know a lot about the, the actual uh difference in the processing making but i know it has more hops or more well, hop flavor what is an ale and i mean like just quick quick it's actually named india pale ale because when they were shipping it they used to dump more hops into it so it would still be good when it got where it was going wait it was coming from india or it was going to india from India. From India. Yeah. All right. So, and how long has that been uh, a popular type of beer? Uh, I mean, pretty much since craft beer got popular. Um, when would I, you? I'd say in the last ten to twelve years, <clears throat> it's pretty much taken over. Like, I mean, most people in yeah, the craft community love IPAs. <clears throat> when would you say like the craft beer craze really got underway? Because I can I can remember maybe back you know thirty years or more, people would. Have, I think there was a commercial where you could like a home, home brewing brew. kit, right? Yeah. It, so the craft brewing, though, you're talking about is places that have the brewery right there. They brew it, bottle it, send it around the country. And yeah. And, I mean, you have plenty of companies that have, have been doing it for uh, for a long time, and then just the craze kind of caught up to where they were. So I feel like, uh, I mean, we kind of got in right at the right time in 2011. Um, it was already popular and going, and we just kind of were able to get in and, and get our How uh, much our of the country are you in? Uh, we're in five states. We're just in the southwest region. We're in New Mexico, Oklahoma, Arkansas, 
Louisiana, and then, of course, uh, Texas. Now, at Union Draft House, uh, do you have to drink a Carbock beer for to ma- the matching? Uh, or So you're, yeah. you're going to match all the Carbock beers that are bought? Up at to Union. 500 bucks. Oh, yes. cool. Very yeah, cool. so we, we go half and half with Union Draft House. It's like them, them 50 cents, us 50 cents to make the dollar. Oh, cool. This is uh, the proceeds are going to go to Autism Awareness Society of El Paso, and that's going to be at the Union Draft House, Sunland Park. Oh, right. Yeah, that's where that is. The, like the I was one trying to picture, Sunland, yeah, man. the one that's right there across from the Barnes and Noble. Yeah, we drive by it all the time. I've never been in. How long you been open? It's probably been. It's only like a year. Yeah, yeah. right. It's but the it's, newest one? Since, would you I say? I think actually since um, not even a year yet. It's August. August. Wow. Is when we but it really up. stands out yeah, because it, it looks is. open and you can see people in there at the bar and it's almost like a patio type of situation yeah. that's going we on. Have a huge patio. It's awesome. Yeah, and uh-huh. then upstairs. That is uh, Alamo Draft House. How many, uh, excuse me, Union Draft House. How many, (laughs) Alamo's the movie place. How many Union Draft Houses are there? Right now we currently have three. We have our Sunland location, our Cimarron Canyons, and our Tierra Este location. And then we're opening up our Eastlake location in July. All right. Late Uh, June, July. Sounds like there's a lot going on, so keep it in mind. If you're having a beer and you're at at Union Draft House, you've never tried a Carbach before, try it. Definitely recommend it. Carbach is one of the best best craft uh, beers I've had. In terms of IPA, it'd be a hopadilla all the time. And but you you guys don't do exclusively IPAs. Do you do other beers? Uh, no, that's actually a great part of our business model. Uh, we pride ourselves on trying to have a major player in each category within craft beer. So we do have the number one IPA, but our Love Street Blonde is a very easy drinking beer. It's usually a good way for people oh, yeah. who've never tried craft beer before to kind of get in. Um, and then we also have a Crawford Bach. Uh, and a Light Circus IPA, which is a hazy IPA, which I recommend y'all trying out, especially what, if you don't like IPAs, Buzz. What is a high? I, I wouldn't say I don't like them. It's just sometimes I'm not ready for the kick. You know sure. what I mean? Well, you have to like the hops bitterness. I mean, it's bitter, right? You would say it bite. It has like a bite to it. it, it I mean, it has a diff, a, a twang. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> That's fair. That's a fair way to put it. That's a good way to put it in yeah. Texas. I, sometimes I just need a heads up. Also, there are some that are like syrup. <laughs> I don't know what you call those. Like, and my, I got a friend who just loves the darker the better. And it's like this is like coffee, like a porter somebody or let or a sit stout. Yes, and for like two weeks is what it feels like. So, what would that be? <laughs> so, that, those are porters and stouts. Um, we really, we currently don't. We do have one that we do. Uh, we don't currently have it in stock. Um, we do an imperial porter, so it has a lot of coffee taste to it. All right, we'll pick up a Carbach, especially if you're at Union Draft House uh, Mm -hmm. for Autism Awareness Week. Well, thank you, uh, Jason, for coming by. And thank you, Celeste, also for coming by this morning. Really appreciate it. I appreciate it. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Here we go. Uh, Nico and Jimmy bringing you our top stories of the day in morning show news headlines. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, buddy. What's happening in the news? Well, anti-Semitic incidents in the U.S. reached an all-time high in 2021, according to the Anti-Defamation League's latest report. The organization recorded 2,700 incidents of assault, harassment, and vandalism, the highest number of incidents on record since the ADL began tracking them. This averages to more than seven incidents a day and represents a 34% increase from past years. The majority of incidents were categorized as harassment, which, which increased for more than 40%. Uh, the Anti-Defamation League also recorded a major increase in incidents at Jewish institutions, such as synagogues, community centers, and schools. Jewish Americans continue to be the most targeted religious group, according to FBI hate crime statistics. Three-quarters of American Jews believe there is more anti-Semitism in the U.S. today 
than there was five years ago. And 53% say that as a Jewish person in the U.S., they feel less safe than they did five years ago. And while Republicans are celebrating the news Tesla CEO Elon Musk is about to acquire Twitter, Democrats are sounding the alarm. The GOP lauded the news as a win for free speech, citing Musk's past comments that he views himself as a free speech absolutist. Democrats, however, warn that this is a dangerous move for democracy now that the world's richest man will own the social media giant. Experts are siding with left-leaning concerns. Angelo Curusoan, president of Watchdog Media nonprofit Media Matters, said in a statement Monday, Elon Musk will unwind a whole range of very basic protections against harassment, abuse, and disinformation that Twitter has spent years putting into practice, effectively opening the floodgates of hate and lies and using Twitter's position as a market leader to pressure other social media companies to backslide. Okay, if Elon Musk is really a free speech absolutist, why doesn't that apply to Tesla employees who complain about poor working conditions or harassment because they get cease and desist orders? <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. Or if you're a... I, I bet Elon Musk would say, but I'm not the government. <laughs> <laughs> well, here is uh, Wired's Chris Stokel Walker saying he's not sure what's going to happen. It seems like, you know, there have been people who are like, we don't think any kind of language, even if it's hate speech or even if it's insightful, we should be allowed. So we're going to start our own thing. But then those immediately have their own rules. Like there's none of them that are like. Right. And it, it, the, if there are, they're probably places where, you know, some real dark individuals hang out. Absolutely. You know, some of these. I mean, I, I hesitate to even call them far right. Just, you know, Nazis. Imagine neo-Nazis had just a place to openly discuss their stuff. Would you want them to give them that, that well, space? What happens is that turns off people who, you know, there's at some point people are like, I don't want to use this thing because you just see the worst crap on it. Well, I don't so, want to use it if I know neo-Nazis are like the ones who take advantage of this the most or if they're coming back to it. I, I've heard about these, like, we're going to be absolute free speech. You can say anything, and that lasts a few hours. And then immediately they're like, well, you can't. Well, he said something a little. Right. You know you don't have the free speech. You can't go to a movie theater and shout fire. I hope people know this, that it's against the law for you to go to a crowded movie theater and shout fire. It's not free speech. You, no, you don't just get to say whatever you want. And most of the tech companies would say, we're not the government, so uh, if true. we're telling you we don't allow this kind of speech or if we you know, put you in social media timeout or whatever, you're free speech because we're not the government. And right. what, the, what the First Amendment protects you, it guarantees you free speech. From the government. From the government. The government can't, but these independent but companies. But even as a but, private company, if you owned your own restaurant, would you want... Would you would you allow people to say whatever they wanted or shout whatever they wanted in, in one corner of the restaurant? Well, no. I think you would definitely you would kick them out. It, it, and if you did, I think you would become it would alienate a lot more people than it would attract. You know, if if you're like you can you can say anything you want you to. You can stay, that's fine. Yeah, that would you wouldn't have customers come anymore. Yeah. You'd lose all the customers except those awful ones. And we don't want to keep those around. <laughs> I guess. But Twitter, still not a branch of the government. I mean, I guess some people might argue that it's essentially a, a, like a public utility of some kind, but it's, it's not. It's not. And, not yet. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder if, you know, the big question is, 
as soon as Elon Musk takes over and people want to be very critical of Elon Musk, is he going to clamp down on that? You know? Yeah, that's a good point. A lot of social media sites exist, like a big percentage of why they exist is so you can complain about that social media site. You know? a lot, some <laughs> Facebook people, is a great place to go to complain about Facebook. Some people are saying that Elon just bought Twitter so he can kick that kid who's tracking his plane movements off of it. <laughs> well, that's free speech. <laughs> Wait a minute, Elon. This kid doesn't deserve free speech? West Virginia had the highest opioid overdeath rate per capita in the country last year. And that's according to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control. Fentanyl, a powerful synthetic opiate, it's been found in as much as 70% of the nation's heroin supply. In many cases, those who use heroin have no idea that fentanyl's already been added until it's too late. Last year, fentanyl was the leading cause of death for Americans between the ages of 25 and 44. A group of residents in Yano County, Texas, is suing county officials for removing books from public libraries because officials disagree with the ideas within them. The residents say the county is violating their First Amendment rights by removing award-winning books from shelves. Wait, from public library shelves or from school shelves? Public library. Okay. The residents say the county is violating their First Amendment rights by removing award-winning books from shelves due to their content and terminating access to over 17,000 digital books from the local library system. The complaint states that the library system's policy claims that in no case should any book be excluded because of race or nationality or the political or religious views of the writer. The lawsuit also claims that one librarian was fired after refusing to remove books from the shelf. Several of the books listed in the lawsuit that have been removed from libraries include adult works about oppression and racism, like Cast, The Origin of Our Discontents, by journalist Isabel Wilkerson. And they called themselves the KKK, The Birth of an American Terrorist Group, by Susan Campbell Barletti. And you always told me you didn't think people were getting books banned from public libraries. Yeah, You I thought think it was only a school issue. I, I mean... Some of the recent ones that we're hearing about when they're like, we don't want, you know, this pro-gay book or whatever, it uh, is specific to school libraries. But I guess public libraries, could they could challenge books in the public library. But This is dangerous, though. And, uh, you know, first of all, they're not even getting rid of the sexual ones that have been a majority. These are ones about racism. They call themselves the KKK, the birth of American terrorist group. No, we can't have this book. You're going to offend some KKK people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is that what you're saying the issue's about? Yeah, and it's exactly. In- okay. Why are they taking these books away? What library has the right to prevent information from coming to the people? They don't. I don't Sh- think they have a right. I, I don't know how <laughs> I don't know how the rules are. No opinion on this. One. I can tell you that when I was in high school, they definitely didn't carry Penthouse magazine at the library. Oh, well, <laughs> I mean, you went to the Footloose High School in town, <laughs> yeah, so <that's> right. <laughs> they also didn't let you listen to music. Or no, you could have music. Dancing you just couldn't dance. Mod. That's right. Mm-hmm. I forgot. <laughs> North Carolina congressman. Congressman Madison Cawthorn was caught trying to go through security with a loaded gun. Again? This happened a couple weeks ago, I thought. Nope. It just happened again at Charlotte Douglas International Airport Tuesday morning. 
The alleged incident would mark the second time the controversial congressman has been stopped trying to bring a weapon through airport security. Sources tell ABC News TSA officers spotted the gun at the checkpoint and called airport police. Cawthorn was issued a citation for possession of a dangerous weapon on city property. You know, I could almost see somebody, although it's a stretch, oh, I forgot I had this gun on me and I was in such a hurry. But twice? It happens again? My bad. Or does he not know that you can't bring guns? He knows. Does he think he's special? Perhaps, yeah. Well, I really might need this. Cawthorn was issued a citation. He was later released, and uh, the CMPD took possession of the firearm, which is normal procedure. Individuals can face fines up to $13,000 for a second offense. I mean, I think everybody in the United States knows you can't take a, you can't take a weapon with you like a gun. You can't even take... you got to make sure if you've got nail clippers, they're not too long or sharp. Or yeah, whatever. but you know everybody what I mean? Like this. these Second Amendment activists will often do this just to make a point. Um... I don't know. Do they? Because I, I think everybody knows it's. You, you then know, why would you do it? it? Why would you, you just keep forgetting the gun you have on you? First of all, I don't know if he would even be the the best shooter. Why? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I wouldn't want Madison Cawthorn to be there next to me with a gun. <laughs> okay. All right, U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said Tuesday that any public statements by world leaders that conflict in Ukraine could spin out of control and lead to a nuclear, conf- nu- nuclear confrontation is unhelpful and dangerous. Austin's comments come a day after Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov warned of serious risk of nuclear war over Ukraine. Lavrov has said the following, that following the Cuban Missile Crisis of 1962, the United States and the former Soviet Union developed an understanding of the rules of conduct between the two superpowers and have avoided nuclear confrontation for 60 years. Now there are few rules left, Lavrov said. Austin was asked during Tuesday's news conference whether the conflict in Ukraine could spin out of control and lead to a nuclear confrontation. There's always a possibility that a number of things can happen, he said. I think it's unhelpful and dangerous to rattle sabers and speculate about the use of nuclear weapons. Did I say it better, at least? I'm sorry? Did I say it better for you? Oh, my God. Pay attention. Did you say it better? Nuclear! Oh, the word nuclear. <laughs> yeah, you can't say that. You're, you're not good at saying that word. Nuclear. All right, well, here's... It's, you pronounce it exactly the way it's spelled. Here's uh, Defense uh, Secretary Lloyd Austin saying it. Four astronauts blasted off from the Kennedy Space Center early this morning in the Freedom Dragon capsule. The commercial crew is comprised equally of men and women, a first for NASA. And in other news, and in other first news, Jessica Watkins is set to become the first black woman to spend an extended period of time aboard the ISS. Only the fifth black woman to ever reach space. She'll be there for the next six weeks. The mission is working towards the goal of SpaceX heading to Mars. And a guy in Chicago decided to allegedly swipe an ambulance and take it for a long joyride. Benjamin Harrington is accused of taking the ambulance on a 70-mile police chase. Police say the ambulance was parked outside a fire station late yesterday afternoon when it was stolen. The chase ended near Dwight, roughly 70 miles away, when police used spike strips to disable the ambulance. That's when Harrington jumped out of the ambulance and took off on foot. He was caught right after a brief foot chase. 
And Americans are traveling again with COVID cases going down, but nearly every airline is scrambling to fill their cockpits. The problems right now include not enough new pilots moving from smaller regional airlines to the major carriers, and too few pilots exiting the military. The lack of pilots is leading to flight cancellations and delays. So how are airlines dealing? United and American Airlines are opting for buses. They're hiring them to replace planes on shorter routes. Americans' bus hey, strategy. Yeah, yeah, guess what? Your flight's been canceled, but we got you a bus. <laughs> May we offer you a bus instead? It's. We're going to charge you the same rate as an airplane, but it's just going to take like 10 times longer to get to where you're going. You got to be kidding me. Americans' bus strategy starts with routes between New Jersey and Pennsylvania on June 3rd. Dang. Are they aware that buses already exist? Are they aware that buses aren't <laughs> planes? Let us introduce you to this new thing we call. A bus. What? Do you know it's what? I, totally gonna get you there. When I fly from from Dallas, either Love Field or DFW, into Tulsa to see my family, it's that thing. It gets up and they barely have time to get you a drink. I, everything's rushed, and as soon as the mm-hmm. drinks come out, they tell you to finish them up because you're already on your way. You basically you get up, up to the down. cruising altitude. You're down 30, 45 minutes. If they were like, "Oh, you got to take a bus," you're looking at Six hours, probably. I, I can't believe that that's what they're looking at as a solution. Well, what do you do when you can't find pilots? It's tough. I, I'm just saying there's a bus option already available. As far as I know, Greyhound has regular what routes. What you're saying is you don't need to book a bus through American <laughs> you Airlines. You don't have to go through an airline to get on a bus. If that's the option you want to go with, God help you. If that's where you found yourself in life that you're right. going to take a bus, you can go to a bus station and they probably already have it down a little better than the airlines do. And finally, the family of a six-year-old Connecticut boy is blaming the child's horrific burns on a young bully who used gasoline-soaked tennis balls on him. Dominic Crankle is in the hospital after suffering devastating second- and third-degree burns to his face and legs. God. His older sister, Kayla Deegan, told News for New York he was playing in the backyard of their Bridgeport home on Sunday with neighbor kids when an eight-year-old bully called him over. Within seconds, she says, he came back screaming, Mommy, they lit me on fire. Police are investigating, including reports of four unsupervised kids playing with gasoline and fire that day. The boy's family claims that two months ago, the same bully, in full view of his mother, pushed Dominic against a wall, which also caused injuries. No charges have been filed yet. And with that, that's the news. My name is Nico. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. As far as... El Paso weather goes not as windy as yesterday. Got pretty windy yesterday afternoon. Partly cloudy, 90 for the high temperature. And looking for winds 10 to 15, let's say. Uh, no more rain in the forecast. I don't know if we ever got any of the rain. There was a slight chance we'd get some yesterday. Uh, I just don't know if it... Uh, mostly the like wind. hail in parts of, I guess, the west side, oh, maybe. Really? Yeah. Oh, maybe I slept through that. <laughs> I didn't see that. How did you see that, Joanna? Was it on Fifth Town or something? Yep. Of course. Tomorrow, uh, and I'll just let you know for the weekend, we're not seeing any rain uh, in the forecast. Sunny tomorrow and 89 for the high temperature. Sunny and 86 on Friday. And uh, tomorrow afternoon and Friday, you know, looking at some 15 to 20 mile an hour winds in the afternoon. Not as windy, though, for Saturday and Sunday. In just about a half hour, we're going to have another cash code keyword. When you hear those keywords, 
If it's one you haven't entered already, it's another chance to enter and go fund yourself. Go fund yourself. That uh, you can enter the words on the KLAQ mobile app. Look for the go fund yourself icon that looks like a money bag. Also on KLAQ.com. We only have a few days left. This week is our final week of the cash code keywords. But we're going to have them coming every hour today, tomorrow, and Friday. So it's still a lot of chances for you to uh, get keywords, enter them. Every day we have a $2,000 winner, and the grand prize money is $10,000. Uh, once you enter the cash code keyword, you don't have to do anything else. We're going to draw randomly from everybody uh, who enters. So the more entries you have in, the better your chance of uh, being one of our daily winners or possibly even the $10,000 uh, winner. Al Pacino was out celebrating his 82nd birthday. Oh, oh wow. Oh, with his 28-year-old girlfriend. What? Nice. Uh, Al Pacino's got a 28-year-old girlfriend who has dated other, like, super, super famous, like, you know, A-plus list celebrities. And her name is... Nur Alfala. You got that? Okay. She's the ex of Mick Jagger. Oh, so she has a type. They dated in 2017. Mick is 78 now. So what would she have been in? If she's 28 now, she would have been 23. 22, 23, maybe. He's 81. Who is? Al Pacino. Al is 82. He just had a birthday. That's why he was out. It was his birthday. He turned 82 on Monday. They went to an Italian restaurant. After moving on from Mick Jagger, Noor dated Clint Eastwood, who is now 91. So it's oh, like so. Mick Jagger's too young, <laughs> a little too wet behind the ears. Clint Eastwood's a little too old. It's just like Goldilocks. Al Pacino's just right. Before that, <laughs> before that, she ma- she was dating a sixty-year-old philanthropist billionaire. So she has a type. God, I mean, sixty-one, almost. Seems yeah, like but cradle do- robber. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think all these guys see this? Like, doesn't didn't Al Pacino see her with Clint Eastwood and be like? I don't think they care. They probably ran in the same circles because she was dating Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Why would that be a deal breaker? You're 82 and there's a 28-year-old who's pretty hot. My my most important question is, did he have that Shrek phone case He did. That's part of the story. He definitely had the Shrek phone case. (laughs) Sweet. That was not a one-time only thing. There are photos up close. Al Pacino has a Shrek uh, phone case. Yeah, I don't. I think if you're Al Pacino, unless you know, if you still got your wits about you, you're not like, oh, well, she's into me because of anything other than my my fame and wealth. You, you don't delude yourself and be like, nah, nah, I still got it. I, look, she's a, she's attracted to him because of who they are and what they do. I mean, isn't that kind of why you're attracted to anybody? Sure. Sometimes I mean, they have a nice soul, too. Putting aside, you know, being born in the same century, <laughs> leave that off. That's, we have the same thing in common. Uh, yeah, I think these older... 
I don't know. Do you think when you see a much older guy, like that 95-year-old dude who was with Anna, Anna Nicole Smith, do you think he had any illusions? Oh, if I were... There's a reason for if this. If I were a broke 91-year-old man, sure, I'd be dating Anna Nicole Smith. I think... Or do you think these people are so... Deluded sometimes that they... And, and lonely, probably. Hmm. It just feels nice to have any companionship, and you'll make up whatever reason to justify it. You could have companionship with somebody who's in their 50s, you know? And then you'd still be 30 years older than them. (laughs) (laughs) Think about it. Nico, if Al Pacino was dating somebody in their 30s, that would be the equivalent of you, when you're his age, dating someone who's a one-year-old today. Yeah. Yeah, Uh. when you think about it. It's really, really weird. In terms, it's real weird. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Madonna was dating a 25 year old and I guess they just broke up too good for so. her though right it's creepy for the guys creepy but good for, guys. for the girls good for the good girls good for the ladies doesn't happen as much time for entertainment news and Hollywood notes here's Joanna Barba good morning Joanna good morning no surprise here the Batman 2 is happening with Matt Reeves returning as director and Robert Pattinson as the caped crusader Warner Brothers Motion Picture Group boss Toby Emmerich made the announcement yesterday during the Studio CinemaCon presentation in Las Vegas. The news comes at a time when the movie has clocked more than $760 million around the globe and a viewership of 4.1 million households on HBO Max in its first week. HBO Max also has a Batman spin-off series in the works centering around Colin Farrell's Penguin. No further details were given. Buzz, you said you didn't recognize Colin Farrell. Until after the movie, or it, did you know? In the break, I knew when you going said, in okay. that it was Colin Farrell. It was Lisa who came by to visit, who had no idea that that was Colin Farrell right. after seeing mm-hmm. the movie. But I, there's one that's even more unrecognizable: who? Sean Penn as John Mitchell in Gas Gaslit. Oh, I thought in Stars. the Batman. No, no, Sean Penn in this uh-huh. show. That's I didn't on know Stars. it was Sean Penn either. When I saw the picture. Oh, did you see the the gaslit thing? That's yeah, I watched the first episode last night. Oh, that's about I the Watergate. Right? I wanted to start that. Yeah. Yeah, no. it's about uh, Margaret Mitchell who knew Nixon and all of them were up to hinky wow. stuff and. Yeah, but also even before that, she was kind of like a political adjacent person who would go on. You know, it almost seems like. Uh, Wanting to be in the spotlight, mm-hmm. but how you would do that back in the '60s? You know, if you want to be in the spotlight, you get a Twitter or whatever. But back then, she'd go on Laugh In, <laughs> and she was a big enough celebrity. But it was also just that her personality was so big, and she would oh, wow. spill the dirt. She was, uh, but she started telling people, "Oh, there's some really illegal stuff going on," as a defense of her husband. John Mitchell. Anyway, he's in this makeup. You don't recognize Sean Penn at all. Wow. Netflix's new documentary, White Hot, The Rise and Fall of Abercrombie and Fitch, has been enthralling viewers with its true life tale of scandal and nostalgia. But one contributor is really getting people talking. The documentary explores the numerous controversies around the iconic 1990s and early 2000s fashion brand and has been a hot topic on Twitter this week. But one unnamed man featured in the film has baffled viewers with his bizarre description of a shopping mall. 
He said, and I quote, imagine a search engine you could walk through or an online catalog that's an actual place. The description has left legions of viewers on and Twitter users reeling, laughing, and feeling old. One viral re- re- tweet read, I'm dying at this guy in the Abercrombie and Fitch Netflix documentary explaining the concept of a shopping mall. Meanwhile, another popular tweet read, there's a new doc on Netflix about Abercrombie and Fitch and they're explaining what a mall is, which has made <laughs> me realize there are people who are young adults who don't even know what a mall is. Even though this yeah, ma- it's a place with all the gems and the tattoo uh, deals, and half of the places are closed That's down. That's one of the malls here. Yeah. But the other one is still bumping. It's the haunted house we visit every year. <laughs> it's a place where you can still see the outline that said Sears before they took the letters down. It's a gym now. <laughs> <laughs> White Hot, The Rise and Fall of Abercrombie and Fitch is streaming now on Netflix. All right, so I've heard about this. Is this mm-hmm. a documentary or yes. do they have actors playing the people? No, it's a documentary. So the guy who was in charge, the CEO of Abercrombie and Fitch was a weird guy. Like he was very stressing, you know, this is for young people. Our clothes are for young, fit, right. good looking people. But he was an older guy who was clearly having massive plastic surgery done. And it wasn't worried. It doesn't make him look young. It made him look weird. So he's got his hair spiked up. He just looks like, you know, a, a, a guy in his 50s trying to relate to the, his customers. And I forgot what that dude's well, name was. And that's is, what Abercrombie did was they would have the half-naked men and, and all over the store. And I think they were one well, of the they'd first. They'd have guys, like, passing out. Uh, samples or whatever with no shirt on outside of Amber Crabby and right. Fitch, right? Their bags, each of the bags that we would leave would always have like yeah. a shirtless person on it. Were they also the first ones, Joanna, to put like cologne in the store? I think they, I think so. I haven't seen it. And I've yeah, never but the guy who was in charge of it, he was a real You've character. Never? No. You've never been in an Abercrombie no. and Fitch? How did you avoid that in high school? I couldn't. I beelined oh. it straight to Hot Topic. Oh, yeah. You're so, a rocker, a rocker kid. <laughs> Finally, another announcement from Warner Brothers at CinemaCon was the release date of Barbie, starring Margot Robbie. Barbie will drive into theaters on July 21st of 2023. They also released the first look as of Robbie as Barbie. Robbie is portraying the fashion-forward doll, and the cast includes Will Ferrell, Ryan Gosling, Simu Liu, Kate McKinnon, and America Ferreira. I, live action, you say? Live action. Mm-hmm. Okay. Greta Gerwig is directing, and she also wrote the script, but plot details are being kept in a Malibu dream house. Sources indicate that there is a meta aspect to the proceedings, and Farrell is said to be playing the CEO of a toy company that may or may not be Mattel. With your entertainment news, I'm Joanna Barba. Okay. So, uh, Margot Robbie plays Barbie. Barbie. A real-life celebrity got her own Barbie. Queen Elizabeth, who turned 96 last week she did yeah they made they put out a queen elizabeth Barbie. oh good for her and it's uh it's it's a younger queen elizabeth you know queen elizabeth has been an elderly lady for so long you mean this one's gonna be like a 70 year old yeah like that not like a not like a 25 year or 30 year old this is still like a like kind of a stodgy middle-aged uh solidly built still like 30 years ago it's the buzz adams morning show podcast well, it looks like the plan is that um, they're going to have a red carpet, except it's a green carpet for this uh, movie that Charlie Clark of Charlie Clark Nissan made called The Green Ghost and the 
Masters of the Stone. The Masters of the Stone. And that Danny Trejo is going to be in town for the green carpet event. And they're inviting people to come out. And you can, there's going to be a Q&A at Alamo Draft House on the east side, which Pelicano and Danny Trejo is going to be there. And Charlie mm-hmm. Clark's going to be there. And uh, then the movie opens uh, to the public on Friday. Yeah, but Danny Trejo uh, will be in town uh, in time for the, well, this is the plan anyway, in time for the sneak preview. All right. Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly uh, are detailing uh, why they drink each other's blood. Ew, Which gross. they say is for ritual purposes. Another couple that I know things about them against my will. Right. Like, like they didn't need to share that. You remember when it was weird that Billy Bob and Angelina carried a vial of each other's blood in a like an appendage? Yeah, that, that was, was weird enough. Yeah. In an interview with Glamour UK, Megan said, "It's just a few drops, but yes, we do consume each other's blood mm-hmm. on occasion for ritual purposes only." It says what? that Megan does tarot card reading. Of course, she and does. is into astrology. Does metaphysical practices and meditation meditations you know i guess there are a lot of people that are into that kind of stuff but they don't necessarily involve consuming someone's blood right that can't be healthy right like, uh, uh, she says that she does this when there's a new or full mute uh, moon she has a special ritual she does and that's where the consumption of the blood comes in how do they get the blood like well, do they Cut, cut themselves. You know, this was a this was a print article, so I'll have to read what Megan Fox says. When I do it, it's a passage, or it is used for a reason, and it's controlled. Where it's like, let's shed a few drops of blood and each drink it. I guess maybe they just boop, uh, like a pen, mm-hmm, and like a pen prank. Um, then talking about Machine Gun Kelly, he's much more haphazard and hectic and chaotic. Where he's willing to just cut his chest open with broken glass. Oh my wow. god! All right. No. Wait, he will do that? According to Megan Fox. He's maybe just like, they're just trolling here's your everybody. your blood, baby. Drink this. That's how you get tetanus. <laughs> do you think the uh, Megan Fox versus uh, Machine Gun Kelly defamation case is going to be as dramatic as the Johnny Johnny Depp and uh, Amber Heard? Oh, are you predicting a divorce? I mean, and then that's going to be like, and did you cut him? No, he cut himself during a full moon ritual. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of the Johnny Depp case, a forensic psychologist testified yesterday that Amber Heard suffers from borderline personality disorder and histrionic personality disorder. I don't know about borderline personality, but histrionic almost sounds like an old-timey medical term. Really. It does. You know, it kind of does, right? Do you want me to give you the definition? Yes. Sure. Uh, it is people that uh, have an excessive desire for approval. People diagnosed with the disorder are said to be lively, dramatic, vivacious, enthusiastic, extroverted, and flirtatious. Wait, that's the histrionic personality disorder? Yeah, categorized by a pattern of excessive attention-seeking behaviors. They may exhibit sexually provocative behavior, strong emotions, can be easily influenced by others, but are featured with egocentrism, self-indulgence, manipulation, and narcissism. All right, so the, the forensic psychologist who was on the witness stand yesterday is named Shannon Curry. And Dr. I, 
well, it doesn't say a psychologist isn't necessarily a doctor. Let's just say that <laughs> Curry interviewed uh, Amber for 12 hours and also read through her mental health records. Part of Curry's testimony was that Amber could present as cute and girlish, but that in reality, there might be, uh, her behavior might be very destructive, dramatic, erratic, and unpredictable. So uh, here is that uh, forensic psychologist testifying yesterday uh, about Amber Heard being a borderline personality disorder and a hist- histrionic personality disorder. Wow. This is so dramatic. She added that it's typical of borderline personalities to be, quote, assaultive as partners. This is a quote. Oh. They'll make threats. You, well, she just heard that. Using the legal system. Another couple that everything I know about them is against my will. Well, I, I think this is like the greatest show of the century so far. The hottest te- I'm seat in town. i over this show. Well, could Amber Heard get, you know, some psychologist up there to say, oh, yeah, Johnny Depp's got his issues, too. Is she sure. going to take the stand, too? Who do you think is looking worse from this? Amber Heard, obviously. I, I think I, it's a scorched earth thing where they both are looking <laughs> really, really awful. But everybody sucks situation I mean, here. but Johnny Depp was to the point after, after Amber Heard wrote this article and everybody assumed it was about him, that he was like, oh, he's an abuser. Like mm-hmm. he's a physically abused. He's like, I may be a piece an alcoholic of turd. who sends really graphic, violent, sexual text messages to my friend Paul Bettany. But, but I'm no abuser. I didn't lay a hand on her. Um, this is Johnny Depp's island manager, Tara Roberts, said that she heard Amber uh, say very, very mean things about Johnny Depp. You know, though, I will say this, that just because they're pointing out that Amber Heard is, you know, borderline personality or she's got these, that doesn't mean that Johnny Depp doesn't have any of his own issues. But one interesting thing, uh, Johnny Depp said when he was still up there on the witness stand, you know, the text messages that he was with Paul Bettany where they're talking about drowning her and then burning her. Mm -hmm. He said that was based on a Monty Python segment from uh, the Holy Grail. The, the witch scene, oh, yeah. he says, we were basically just riffing the burn her, burn her, burn her. And how, how do you know Ooh, she, she is, is a, a witch? witch? And so he's saying we were just riffing Put on no that. water. And that uh, Paul Bettany was definitely not as provocative with what he was saying. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Johnny Depp saying, hey, this was just a joke and we were just riffing it. But it's still pretty terrible stuff. Uh, highlight of the trial yesterday when Amber Heard's attorney objected to his own question. You'll hear a chuckle <clears throat> in the background. That's Mr. Depp. But one of Amber Heard's attorneys, I believe it's the attorney whose last name is Rottenborn, <laughs> uh, objects to his own line of questioning. <clears throat> so wait, wait, excuse me. Hearsay. Wait, wait. You're the one asking questions right now. And an Encanto sing-along concert tour is coming this summer, and El Paso is on the 32-date uh, schedule. Hey, look at that. Is Encanto the one with the Bruno song? Yes. Okay. What's the other one that's kind of like Mexican-y cartoon? Coco? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Encanto is Colombian, okay. 
Oh, it is? And what's... Yeah. Uh, you didn't even know? And Coco is Mexico. Oh, yeah. So no. south of the U.S. border. Okay. They're all, well, me- they're all Mexicans. Yeah. Oh, well, don't say it. They're all... <laughs> I haven't seen either one of them. You haven't seen Coco? Nah. Everybody says it's good, but I just don't... He doesn't like... An- he has no imagination. doesn't like animated things. That's true. No, Buzz, no. If, Buzz has if it's no a movie suspension geared toward, of disbelief. That is true. No, no suspension of disbelief. That, this doesn't have anything to do with the animation. If it's an animated movie that's obviously targeting kids, I just don't feel like uh, I'm interested in it. What's the last animated movie you, you saw targeting adults? I don't know. Like what? <laughs> Did you watch the Simpsons movie? Sure. I like the Simpsons. That's not that's not a cartoon for kids. It's not? Nope. The jokes are way over their heads. How do you know? A kid might watch it and enjoy it because they do funny things. There you I go. Mean, but no, but the jokes are obviously that's a that's a grown up cartoon. Anyways, I try, <laughs> that's coming along. Sing Look, along. I'm not even I mean, going so far as to say like adults who are really into kids' cartoon movies are weird. I'm not saying that. It's just not my thing. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Do you consider Pixar movies all kid movies? But your, your some of them were good, but it's like oh, if it weren't for the fact that I had kids, I right. wouldn't have gone to see this movie. I, and you your know, daughters so, are over the age now where something like this doesn't really get their attention anymore. Not usually. I don't think it would be weird if I went back and watched Toy Story today. I mean, there were Hell some no. of them that I definitely went to when my kids were were younger and thought. Oh yeah, that's a good movie. Wally, Wally. Oh, uh, w- would it be weird great. to watch Wally? If, would you be by yourself and watch Wally tonight? Would that be weird? Yeah, I wouldn't do that. No. I mean, would you I judge me for it? Silently, like <laughs> like Not adults, like adult married couple, or like grown adults who go on a Disney cruise and they don't even have kids. I'll Disney be honest adults? with you, that's kind of weird. Did Steve do that? Did you do that, Steve? No, but I've been on two Disney cruises, and I've seen plenty of people that do do that. But you've got your kid, who's a kid. Well, I have my kid. That's why we went. What I'm saying is I've seen plenty of Disney couples that are older that have no kids. Like 20s, 30s, 40s? I saw one that were in their 50s and 60s, and they were on like their, I don't know, their fifth cruise with, uh, with no kids, nobody there. Just... They're they not even would, ashamed to admit it. No, they just like if I, if somebody came up as like, oh, why are you on a Disney cruise? I, and I was just there as an adult. I would say, oh, my kids, they're yeah. they're in uh, finger painting class right now. <laughs> I'd be embarrassed to admit that I was on a Disney cruise not without any only, kids. Not only, not only, I'd be embarrassed to admit this. that I was a Disney park without well, a kid. How about this? Okay, so this is the truth. There are people that are such Disney fanatics. Okay, fanatics. No kids. Mm-hmm. I think I went. I think our first cruise, we saw this couple, and they were like on their twelfth Disney cruise. And they're just over the top about it, right? Yes, and they like show wearing up the with ear they, cap they show and everything. Up with Disney, they show <laughs> up with Disney gear. They show up with Disney gear. They buy Disney stuff, and all they want to do oh. is experience. And, and it's crazy because, like, you know, the more you cruise, the more perks you get. And I looked at these people, and we're like on our first cruise, and we're like, "Hey, how many cruises have you guys taken?" And they're like, well, "This is our 12th. I'm like, "Oh my god!" Wait. Wow. But are, are there also a lot of parents with their kids tons, on these things? Tons, tons. Okay. Yeah, that's all. I'm not even going so far as to say kids. that I think you're weird if you're an adult, a childless adult who does that. 
It's just, I don't get it, and it's definitely not for me. It's called healing your inner child, all right? That could be the case. You, you guys don't even know about the adult couples that go to anime conventions right now and dress up like anime characters yeah, together. Flag, but you know yeah. what I thought no, the weirdest part? <laughs> so, so, so check this out. So check this out. Not only was it not so, not only are the couples by themselves without kids, right? But then during the cruise, they have the character meet and greets and they would wait in line. And they line. get all jazzed up. They would wait the in adults line. The without adults without a kid. Without the, without the kids yeah. to take pictures with Donald Duck Alright, I take it back. Daffy. That is weird. <laughs> You, yeah. you should probably spend that cruise money seeing a psychiatrist about why you're in a, 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 a suspended state of childhood. Some people like fantasy, man. Some you know people what? enjoy it. Anyway, I think that's the case. That, that probably is. I thought it was a little strange, but you know, <laughs> hey, each their own. again, it's called healing your inner child. That's right. He- now, I'll say this: the second cruise we took also had people without kids, but that was Marvel Day at Sea, so that was all about the Avengers. Uh, and that's those. cool. So oh, I think there nice. were some people that love the comic books so much that they just wanted to go and meet the the comic uh, heroes, even though they're not the real comic people, but they're in the costumes. Just people yeah. dressed up, exactly. So it's like meeting a birthday Spider Man on a boat. 100% right. <laughs> <laughs> and and they're perfectly proud that that's what, how they're spending their vacation together yes. as an adult couple. That's right. All that right. is absolutely right. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Well, uh, Steve is on his way uh, tomorrow to Las Vegas for the NFL Draft. The Draft is in Vegas this year. And what are you looking forward to, Steve? Uh, getting on a Southwest flight at 6 a.m., there's nothing like it. So we can land in Vegas at 6.45 and be ready to roll, Buzz, because we're going live tomorrow and Friday. So all adrenaline for tomorrow's show, because we're probably going to get like four or five hours sleep, get right there and, and start going. Um, what where am I looking forward to up? most? So we're set up at Caesars. Uh, that's where the draft is going to be held. We're in the NFL media workroom at Caesars. So you're going to be surrounded by other Everything, media yeah. outlets, other radio, stations, television, internet. Everywhere. International, everywhere. probably, at this uh, point. Point. Without a doubt, I mean this is the really? first time. Do, do they cut? Do they? They don't cover it like they would a Super Bowl. So, so the whole world gets into the Super Bowl. I'm wondering if other countries get into know. the NFL draft. So here's the interesting thing. Okay, um, I've done two dozen. I've not done about a dozen shows in Vegas for the for the for boxing over the years. As a matter of fact, you were a part of a few of those. The De La Hoya fights. We used to go up and and broadcast live from yeah, Vegas. Yeah, basically so, tagged along. I wasn't really doing anything. But. Yeah, but you 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 had a couple of broadcasts. It was a lot of fun. Those are those were good shows. But I haven't I haven't broadcasted from Vegas since then. So uh, we've never done an NFL broadcast in any capacity with the NFL. It's the first time really we've ever partnered with the NFL on something. So excited about that. Uh, um, and excited just about seeing how this whole thing works. I mean, we're assuming we're going to be with other stations. We'll be around all the other, um, you know, NFL personalities, athletes, um, analysts. We can. We're going to have tons of interviews and just bring it all Who for would you, you Thursday be and Friday. From uh, the world of uh, sports talk radio, who would you be starstruck by? Let me throw nobody. out a few names. Starstruck, nobody. Mad Dog Russo. I mean, it'd be fun to meet him, but not starstruck. You wouldn't be zero. like, nah. oh my God, that's Mad no, Dog. No, I'm too old for that. I used to be starstruck in the old days. Jim Rome. Well, no. You've been interviewing Jim I've Rome interviewed a lot Jim, recently. Yeah, so that wouldn't be a problem. Nope, not him. Scotty Farrell. Met Farrell years ago in Vegas. <laughs> Scott was always nice to us. We liked him back in the old days, and uh, we shared. Actually, when we broadcast live, Scott was right there. So we were right by him, and uh, he was always a lot of fun to be around, too. You don't think there's anybody that's in sports talk that you would be a little, a little starstruck? Not anymore. 
No. And I'll be honest with you, even in those days, I mean, we got to remember now, again, we're going back years, and a lot of your listeners might not know names like Papa Joe Chevalier, but I was next to him, and he was a lot of fun um, when, when he was around back in, that was the height of the sports talk radio days when people were, national shows were going everywhere, and it was just, a, it was a blast. Marv but, Albert. What of Marv Albert? I've met Marv, um, and um, I interviewed him in college, and that was really cool, um, but no, I wouldn't say Marv. What about Jim Nance? No, definitely not. <laughs> now, I mean, Jack Buck. Wise, he's dead. Jack Buck is but, deceased. Um, yeah, so you would be surprised. Yes, yeah. if Jack Buck was around, I would definitely be a little starstruck, and, and, and I'd have questions for him. Like, how do he do this after all these years? How did he come back, and how do he do it? Tell so me about of some of your fine sponsors, because a oh, lot yes. a lot of, uh, a lot of sponsors you, definitely you. want to be a part of Kaplowitz's trip to the NFL draft. We have 10 this year, so that's really cool. Um, our presenting sponsor is the Window Depot, so very, very happy to have the Window Depot on board as kind of our flagship for this. But then supporting sponsors. I mean, I've got five supporting sponsors myself. We have uh, nine total. So Longhorn Distributing, Cisco Movers, Clean Water of El Paso, 915 Tours, Palo Verde Homes, Taco Avocat, Expert HVAC and Refrigeration, Roto-Rooter, and CNM Body Works. So They've been great. Oh, we're on the clock. We've just we are on the clock. We're on the clock. We've just announced another sponsor, the Buzz Adams Morning Show. Also (laughs) sponsoring Las Vegas. Yes, the Buzz Adams Morning Show is now sponsoring. Hey, by the way, here's something really interesting. You try to make reservations to restaurants, you have no chance. Like I was, so we're staying at the Link, which is right next to Caesars. You're probably trying to go someplace good. Just get off the strip. You know what I wanted to do? I wanted to go eat at Hell's Kitchen. Uh, oh, Gordon yeah, Ramsay's place. Like I mean, no chance. None. Every really? single time is booked, gone. So you you cannot get into Hell's Kitchen. No, and and in fact, um, then I looked at buffet. Try like, uh, you know, try uh, Margaritaville. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. These days you probably could get into that. Um, A lot of people from El Paso work at Margaritaville. Do they really? The one in Vegas. I went in wearing my that. my El Paso Strong shirt, and mm-hmm. it's like. Four, four different people oh. on the staff. Wow. I'm from El Paso. Really? Yeah. That's you, cool. Have you thought of Meow Wolf before? Uh, that's the kids' museum, no, right? No, it's not. <laughs> it's like a trippy psychedelic art installation that well, you they have one walk in Santa through. Fe. Yeah. But I you mean, walk but, through it. Exactly. Right, but I've been told Meow Wolf is great for kids. Like, that's supposed to be the yeah, place to take, a, uh, to take a, a, a 10-year-old. Also, Meow for Wolf. people who uh, like to expand their mental horizons using uh, pharmaceuticals. Ah, okay. Yeah, kids probably have a good time, but not as good as an adult can have. Just like cartoons can be for both sometimes. There you go. I I feel this way, and Joanna, I believe, will back me up here. The Las Vegas Meow Wolf, not Eh. nearly as good as the Santa Fe Meow Wolf. It's okay. You can buy way more merch there. We're in Vegas? For sure. sure It's in the middle of, or it's in a building where there's a lot of other things to do. Which building? Uh, area area 15 15 that's right area 15 that's what it's called i'm I'm just going to tell you this and i this is my opinion but i think joanna agrees with Mm. me the santa fe meow wolf blows away the las vegas meow wolf i believe so much cooler 
it's fun. It's an experience to go through it. But Steve. you have to understand something. I have not been to Vegas in any kind of a working comp- Well, I take that back. I was there a few years ago with the women's basketball team from UTEP, but we stayed in the hotel. We never left. So now we're in the middle of the strip. I'm curious just to see right. what it's like because... How it's evolved. Oh, yeah. I mean, we used to do Vegas twice a year. It was a regular thing for us. We covered a zillion De La Hoya fights, Mayweather fights. It was a big deal. Steve, I've heard of this really good restaurant. It's called Spearmint Rhino. They have excellent food. Yeah, I heard it's right next to another great restaurant called Cheetahs. Yeah, I mean, so now, now again, those are those are places that um, you know Buzz might have frequented back in the day, but um, you know, I, I don't even know if they're even open anymore because again, it's been so long since I've been to Vegas. Hey, this is Adrian's first time in Vegas. Isn't it, it is. Oh, nice. And he's engaged. He is. <laughs> and I want to. And he's and he's going to get a house. And I want to keep that that way. I don't want him to come back and, and, and suddenly everything Ad- go to crap. Adrian oh, seems yeah. like a real real boy scout like a real unbelievable goody good kid he's a great yeah. great yeah. kid really good. awesome and that's and i'm not gonna corrupt him by <laughs> yeah. that's gonna happen great i promise you that although hey I'll, uh you do know. you remember when i used to go on trips and you'd say hey bring me some bialis from uh the bronx or you'd say pick me up some some whitefish or whatever. I never asked you for whitefish, but uh, yeah, you that, asked no, your that brother, and I was that on that trip that with him, so we went hold, around. But I mean, uh, when you went to New York years ago, I might have, I might have hit you up for something. What do you want from Vegas, Buzz? What would you like me to bring? Uh, they have these candies that you really can't get anywhere in El Paso. <laughs> You're so full of it. But and... go ahead. Kind of candy? <laughs> I'm going to need you they're to stop usually, by they're, a place. They're these really unique yeah. gummies. I would like yeah. for you to stop by a place called Planet Thirteen. There you go. <laughs> There you go. If I could get something in a in a grape, possibly. <laughs> Can't you just get that in like uh, New Mexico? Yeah, but. But you're going to Vegas. You're going to Vegas. It's like ten minutes. Come on, man. You asked me I to get stuff told. for you. I was that told. time I went to Pittsburgh with your brother. We went around. Most yeah. of the time was spent getting you stuff. <laughs> I oh, got you whitefish. Okay, but if you're yeah. going to Steve, you I did non parallels. We got no, non parallels and whitefish. Yes, we did. First off, it's not non parallels. It's called non parallels. If you're going, I suggest Planet Thirteen. Planet. First off, I've been told the whole city smells like weed. That's what everybody told me. It's like a giant weed. You know, and I'm being very considerate. I'm not asking you to bring back anything that smells. You could get these mm-hmm. these uh, unique gummies yes. that they sell in Las Vegas, and you could get like what a roll. To listen you? to me. Get a roll of lifesavers. You take out the top lifesaver. Oh my god! You take then you put all the gummies in, and you put a lifesaver back on top of the roll. When did you turn into this person? <laughs> when did you become this? Uh, like, fanatic? who are you? Who are what, you? What happened to Buzz? Where did he go? When have you turned into such an anti-get-a-souvenir for your friend? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All I know is I wouldn't get arrested for bringing Bialis back from uh, New York. <laughs> well, he said, you got to get Bialis. I didn't even know what Bialis are. The greatest things ever. Well, what is a Bialy? I'll bring you back when I go to New York in June. <laughs> like a, I'll bring you like some a bagel? Back. It's a flat. It's like no, it's not. Bagels. Bagel is a very uh, doughy thing. Anyway, Bialis are like flat. They've got onion in the middle. Oh, they're mm, so good. That does anyway, sound good. Delicious. I was totally going to do it for him. Yes, and I like. I'm talking to him, and we're in Manhattan. And he's like, "Okay, so mm-hmm. you got to catch the F train because you got to go to the Bronx." And also, you can't check them in your luggage. You're going to have to carry them on the plane. It's just like out. That's too much effort already. Yeah, you know what it was like? Remember the scene in The Office when uh, Angela asked Dwight to care for her sick cat, and then he killed her and put the cat in the freezer and decided just to put the yeah. cat to death? So he wanted me yeah, carrying that's what it was like. Like it was a like styrofoam that. ice chest, which I had to go to the Bronx to get this stuff because I guess that's the only place that had it. Hey, you went Bring to it all the way back to El Paso. 
And you can't just get me like a few no. of these gummies. Tangy. So I'll tell you what? Steve, I'll, I'll have, I'll have fruit Adrian. flavored gummies. You know what I'll do? I'll have Adrian smuggle that back yeah. for you. How's that? And lose it all. I don't yep. like the word smuggle. <laughs> it's just like get. Steve, I really want to know how this turns out and whether you get Buzz whatever he wants. Where can we hear you tomorrow? Or uh, where can I hear you? Well, the same place we've been for the last uh, you know, 27 years. As sports country, Talk. ESPN El Paso and Sports Talk. That's right. Um, listen, Buzz, I appreciate the fact that you want it. But you know what? All you got to do is get to Santa Teresa and you can and get you can a big walk bag of gummies and yeah. just mix them in with the gummies. There you go. Nobody's, the dogs can't smell it. Nobody's going to give you a hard Stop time. What do you like? Uh, Stop. Are you into the things. are you into the mellow stuff? Is that what you like, or do you like the stuff that gets you a little more? Uh, Who are you? Yeah. What do you? What do you? What do you? What as you far like as I know, I'm just asking you to get me candies. Oh, there you go. That's all I'm asking. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bring him real Vegas candy. That's exactly what yeah, I'm going to do. That's what I want. It's coming there. <laughs> that's exactly what you're going to get. It's going to be some kind of lifesavers. Okay. Oh, we're we're on the clock again. Congratulations. we got to take a break. All right. We'll be back with more of the Buzz Adams Morning Show right after this. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. There's a uh, groundbreaking that's going to happen for this. i got to say, it looks like a state-of-the-art uh, culinary school uh, with Southwest University. We have some really famous chefs uh, who are in town that we're going to be introduced. Why don't we talk to uh, Ben Adiola, the president of Southwest University first. Hi, Ben. Hey, Buzz. How are you? Welcome. I've seen some of the, the art here. So when this is finished and when is the groundbreaking? We actually broke ground yesterday. Okay. Yesterday broke ground. But when it's done, you're going to have students that are going to be able to sit in almost like a classroom setting and they're going to be workstations that they can watch chefs Teach them how to do their magic. Absolutely. We're going to have, the facility is going to have over 100 sing, uh, individual stations for students to be able to learn uh, what they're, you know, how to cook, cuisine, culinary arts. And then the facility is also going to have a bakery in it. It's going to have a, a full bar. It's going to have a, really what you would call a show kitchen, like what you see on TV where people are actually, you know, you see the chefs recording and, and preparing. So it's going to be a state-of-the-art facility. Incredible. It's something that El Paso hasn't seen. Let's uh, say hi to some of our chefs. All of our chefs are, you know, international uh, renowned chefs. Uh, Chef Carlos Gaitan. Hi, Chef Carlos. Hey, how are you doing? Very good. Welcome to El Paso. What is, uh, do you have like a specialty cuisine or, or well, you know, is there something that you really enjoy cooking? I grew up uh, in the uh, French uh, environment. And so I do a lot of French cuisine. Um, probably I I would call my cuisine, you know, modern Mexican with French influence. Uh-huh. Parlez-vous français? No. No? <laughs> but I cook français. <laughs> uh, let's talk to Chef Miguel Alonso Garcia. Hi, hi, Chef Miguel. How are you? Fine. Thank you. Uh, do you have advice for somebody who wants to become a chef, a young person who wants to become a chef like you? Que si viene con nosotros, eh, pues lo vamos a cuidar muy bien, lo vamos a formar muy bien, vamos a asegurar su futuro y va a ser una persona feliz con un oficio muy importante. That sounds like great advice, but it was too fast for me. <laughs> Joanna, what, what, did, uh, what did Chef Mikel just tell me? I feel like I really need to be honest, what... I was not paying attention. <laughs> Basically, I said that we're, we're going to give them a great formation. We're going to take care of them, and we're going to show them what passion is in cooking and, and help them achieve their goals. Chef uh, Jonathan Gomez Luna Torres. Where's she, uh, Chef Jonathan? I know I saw him earlier. Hello. Hi, hi Chef here. Jonathan. <laughs> in the back. Tell me a little bit about your uh, culinary background. Just tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, I'm still in Mexico City, but I'm uh, 
make all my background in the best restaurants in around the world, all three stand Michelin restaurants in Spain and, and Denmark and a uh, couple more. And uh, my style is uh, authentic Mexican cuisine with a uh, approach of, to the modernity, you know, very uh, modern, me uh, modern Mexican cuisine. Can, can anybody speak to uh, just the popularity of Mexican cuisine around the world? Like, how, when, when do you think the popularity of Mexican cuisine really exploded? Well, I, I'd say that lately it's, it is the cuisine. It's, it's been recognized by UNESCO as a national or, or a, a, an international treasure and something that should be conserved and promoted. But, you know, Mexican cuisine the last 25 years has been has gone from something that you just had in a, at a home at your grandmother's house to something that now is, is served in some of the best fine dining establishments across the world. All right. Uh, can anybody tell me, like, your restaurant? What What's your restaurant, and where where is it, and where should we visit when we go to well, town? One of my restaurants is in um, Playa del Carmen, inside an hotel Escaret, Mexico. Mm -hmm. The name is Ha, H-A. It means water in the Maya. And I had a couple more restaurants down in Chicago, downtown area. So Tsuko and Teoso Carlos Gaitan. Where do you spend a lot of your time? Back and forth, or back and forth, back yeah. and forth. You see me here a lot as well. Okay, so so <laughs> tell me what the chefs, uh, uh, Chef Jonathan. Maybe you could talk about like what the connection is with Southwest University and your. There's an advisory capacity for some of this. So, do you want to tell me about that, Chef Jonathan? Yeah, but well, we have a very nice connection with all these uh, guys, and of course with uh, the family, the Ariola family, and I think it's so unique is so uh, authentic so unreal for the paso you know and i think it's a, a surprise for for the people here and for all the students yeah what we really tried to do is we collected some of the best chefs around the world to help us develop the curriculum they serve as our advisory board and other, as our guest lectures so they're going to be coming out throughout the year uh, helping the students with certain uh, specific courses, helping us with community and community involvement, you know, charity events. And the whole thing is we wanted to make sure that we gave the students the best knowledge possible. But when they graduate or when they're getting ready to graduate and go into their externship, give them opportunities to go throughout the country and really out throughout the world to be able to practice in some of these recognized restaurants that are everywhere from Chicago, Los Angeles, New York, Tokyo. So we're working with restaurants and chefs from across the world so that a student can go out for six weeks, two months, and actually practice and learn in one of these Michelin star restaurants or one of these restaurants that, you know, people wait for six months to get a, a reservation. Uh, I, I'm pretty ignorant, so tell me what a Michelin star is. It sounds like it would be like a rating for tires. Right. Okay. And, and, and in all actuality, I'll give you a, a pretty bad description, but Way back when, when Michelin was in Europe and, and, and France, uh, it took a while to get your tires changed. Wait, wait. Is it the tire thing? It actually is. So The Michelin yeah. restaurant thing has a connection to the tire thing? It does. It does. It does. I'm, I'm, my mind's blown. So <laughs> what they did is they, create, they created a guide of suggestions of where you go eat while you're waiting for your tires to get changed. Well, it became the number one recognized way to or award for restaurants. And to date... When did this happen? Um, 1990s. 1990s, it became the... the it award across the world. Boy, so I mean, Firestone is going to be kicking themselves, right? <laughs> <laughs> they had the opportunity to let it go, right? Yeah. So it literally is. Uh, you know, chefs work their whole lives to receive one of these stars, and I, I got to brag here. But Carlos Gaetan was actually the first Latin American in the world to receive a Michelin star. Congratulations. Yes. Bravo. And this is a prestigious <laughs> award that, you know, chefs work their whole life. They make movies about chefs that are trying to get a Michelin star. Um, so it is something that uh, 
you know, it's, it's, we want to teach that passion and transmit that passion to the students. What uh, has the program been like at Southwest University? I mean, it sounds like this is a, a real sea change. You know, the, the, just the, the facilities are just going to be so state-of-the-art, it seems like. Oh, so. the, the facilities are going to be incredible with the equipment that they're actually going to see in restaurants across the world. And it's been about a two-year process in building the curriculum, finding the right equipment, building the layout. You know, these guys dedicated at least a year in making sure that the kitchen was built the way that they're going to see in an actual restaurant. Because we don't want to give them just a classroom, you know, experience. We want them to leave feeling confident when they actually go to a restaurant. I want to ask the chefs, I'm, I'm curious, do you have any, like, guilty junk food pleasures? <laughs> what do you think? Is there anything, like, if you're going to grab some junk they food? They hot dogs from, from Home Depot. <laughs> All right. You know, Chef, uh, Chef Carlos, your answer is so good. I'm awarding you an extra Michelin star. Now you have two. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Chef Jonathan, do you have a guilty pleasure? Is oh, there something yeah. that people would expect that you would enjoy as a, as a world-renowned chef? I love Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but it's true. <laughs> and Chef Miguel, do you have a guilty pleasure? What do you really love that people wouldn't expect? Uh... I don't have a guilty pleasure. No? No. It's a lot of green I don't apples. remember. There's nothing, if you were eating it, it's like, oh, I hope nobody sees no. me eating this. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. No, no. It's okay for me. <laughs> he is not guilty about it at all. Right, right. If, if, about, you don't, if you don't feel guilty, I guess you don't have a guilty pleasure. How about this very controversial question? Pineapple on pizza. Oh, yes or no? Uh, no? A lot of people want to know about pineapple on pizza. Yes or no to the chefs? No. No. For me neither. Pineapple on the tacos, yes. <laughs> yeah, with the tacos al pastor, of yeah. course, yes. But, but pizza, no? No. no. Thank you, guys. Nice. <laughs> Fruit doesn't belong. Truffle is good for pizza. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, so what's going on? What are the activities this week? The groundbreaking was yesterday. Tell us more, and, uh, you know, uh, I guess probably there are a lot of people hearing this. It's like, we're going to have a world-class uh, culinary facility uh, people want to sign up, probably. Absolutely. We're encouraging people to go to our website, southwestuniversity.edu, or our Facebook or Instagram. They'll see the links there to be able to start requesting information. And let, let me tell you one last thing that I think is awesome. We're going to be doing some after you know class, weekend classes for the general uh, public, for the community. So everything from baking classes, make your pasta, stuff like that throughout the year to make sure that we engage the, 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 the professional who you know can't afford to go to school all day uh, for two years, but they still want to learn, they still want to hone their craft, they still want to make their wife or husband a special meal. We're going to be doing that throughout the, uh, the time that we're here also. All right. So it's super excited for us. I want to thank all of our wonderful chefs uh, for being here. Chef uh, Michael, Chef thank Carlos, you. Chef Jonathan, thank you guys for spending part of your day with us. And uh, thanks for being in El Paso, and thanks for helping out with the culinary school. Thank you. All right, let's, you uh, let's wrap things up. We're going to be back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. We'll talk to you then. So long.